And just let me know when you want me to blah da ba doo. I'll let you know when I want you to ba ba da ba da ba doo. All right, well, anytime you feel like dubba dubba doing. Hey, everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And, and that we... was a wrong time to think of taking a sip of, of uh, pop at that moment. Oh, was it? I had it up, I was like. And I said, you can start it, I was going to take a drink. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I could do. And I just realized I've got a very squeaky table here, so I apologize to our listeners. For the squeaky table, we will get our act together. We are building new tables. <laughs> that's right. We are redesigning the podcast room. And, uh, we're going to have 15 different tables to podcast from. Yeah, we had a professional podcaster uh, next to the studio yesterday. He did not come in, <laughs> but he was uh, outside of the door. Was in the vicinity. He was. He was definitely in the vicinity, and the third dragon was also floating around as well. Yeah, uh, but did not enter the podcast studio. No, uh, they were uh, outside of it, looking through toys that I am donating and going. Hmm. Oh, hey, remember this character? Hey, remember the Max? Huh. <laughs> hmm. And then uh, I gave a toy, and then it was uh, looking for the accessories to said toy. Oh, okay. And that's the real tricky thing, like. Gave a, um, a Devil Flanders, but then we had to try and find the pitchfork. I'm mm. still on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave a Homer as a giant donut, uh, but then we had to find a, a donut for Homer to hold. Okay. But there was more than one donut. Oh. So. But apparently, according to uh, Nina, Third Dragon, uh, co-creator of Sparks, um, uh, the, it looks good now. Everything's fine with uh, Homer and his donut. So. Oh, that's good. It but all worked out. You just need the pitchfork. We have not seen the pitchfork yet, and it's driving me bananas. You probably made it, like, took it and used it for something else, like maybe a pickle fork. Yeah. I do like yeah. pickles. And it's a perfect. It's probably perfect for taking pickles out of the jar. Yeah. Like the little gherkins. I'm not talking about a full-sized, you know, Polsky or Gorky. But, you know, like a little gherkin. Right. It's perfect for that. He was one of my favorite reporters, Polsky or Gorky. <laughs> part Polish, part Irish. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. and he really hated the Dutch. <laughs> well, I don't know why. You know, but he would always start each uh, article with "fuck the Dutch." Yeah, and it would be like that's a weird thing to put in yeah. like a daily newspaper. There was a lot of fallout from the Hundred Years' War. Yeah, absolutely. Even to this day, the, the, the biggest fallout wasn't a hundred years. <laughs> the math was wrong. The math was, it it lasted over a hundred years. Well, then call it that. Call it the lasting over a hundred years' war. Yeah, isn't that as dramatic? All right, if you tell your kids you're in the Hundred Years' War, that's impressive. You know what the yeah, ba- it is because you're you know, apparently you're a vampire or some such. You know, during the Hundred Hundred Years' War, you know when the bad times were mm. when the war was not being fought. That was the bad times. It was better when the war was on because because you would have if when it was off, you'd have roving bands of soldiers who are out of work, just going around the countryside, you know, uh, robbing and pillaging and possibly even more. And then uh, when war started, they all got called up that they were busy. Busy killing each other rather than all the, the general population. And nowadays, those same people are doing podcasts. That's they right. Didn't have that if they weren't then. podcasting, they'd be out there robbing and pillaging. Yeah, and I possibly mean, you, worse. You would, I guess, you would have the town crier, which would be the equivalent of a podcast back in the day. Be like, "Hear ye, hear ye! Here are my favorite chocolate bars." It's, <laughs> Number that's one, hard. that's hard though. Mud. Number two, right. mud with nuts. <laughs> You gotta. It's you, very poor. You gotta it's give your props hard. to those guys because it's hard to do a one hander like that. You That's know, right. it really is hard to to do like a list of chocolate bars by yourself. Yeah, let's look to the mailbag. It's full of rats. 
one knows how to write. It's too bad. That's right. Do we have any? Do we have any uh, dark ages this week? Anyone want to do a summary of the dark ages? Yeah, yeah and brought to dark you by my, ages. Yeah, brought to you by my filthy undies. My filthy undies. <laughs> have you ever changed them? Why would you? We, it's the old times. We we don't even wear them. We don't know what undies are. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we got no idea what that's what that's all about. <laughs> what are these undies you speak of? That's the, right. the undie world. And Casper mattresses. It's the mattress Casper dive. <laughs> it's really soft. That's right. Because we, all, we also have the, the mattress that Melchior died on as well. So it's we have a lot of relics here. There you are. See? <laughs> if you don't together. like this kind of stuff, turn the podcast off now. <laughs> right now. It's not yeah. going to get any better. I, I, again, I've always said, first uh, 10 minutes of a podcast, bullshit. And, you know, just skip ahead. Just we get, they'll, they'll get to it. Uh, we don't normally get to it. By that point, I'll be quizzing Dave on something <laughs> nonsensical. His favorite Hanna-Barbera dogs or something like that. And then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get serious for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll ask Dave, hey, you got any TV shows you want to talk about? And he'll go, I didn't do it this week. And I'll go, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then uh, so we'll I'll ask him about, like, how about any uh, farm animals you've got on your property? And he'll go, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then we'll do Badger Chat. Mm, badger and then chat. we'll read our letters. And then uh, we'll, that'll be the end of it. The old badger. Yeah. You've got uh, you got a bit of a rush today, right? Like you're... You're, uh, you... Yeah, we're going away uh, tomorrow. So well, where, are you, where are you off to? What's going on? I'm going up to Masula Lake, which is where my brother and sister, brother-in-law and sister-in-law have a cabin there. And the girls wanted to go, and so they talked me into it. Mm. And so I'm leaving. Well, you like a lake, don't you? I love a lake. It's my favorite. My favorite body of water to swim in is a lake. Right. So like uh, puddle, Second, puddles, a pool. number two? Second is a pool. Okay. Puddles, puddles don't really enter into it. It's a f- fun place to swim in. Okay. A uh, bog would be like number six? Mm, probably it's number six, yeah. In terms of body of water. Yeah. What else is there? Are we, are, we, are we considering like a bay as part of the ocean? No, you can go to a bay. You like a nice uh, Hudson's Bay or something? So pool first. Okay, wait a second. No, Sorry, lake. No. Pond, lake first. Lake first. Pool second. Pool second. Bog six. <laughs> ocean third. Ocean third. Yeah. Now, are you ranking the oceans or just ocean in general? Just ocean in general. I don't think there's much difference. I don't think you could jump in the Atlantic and then jump in the Pacific and be, tell me what the difference is. Mm. If it was like similar coldness. Uh, if you've if you got a bunch of maritimers around you, I think you'd know that you were in the east. If you got a bunch of stoners, I think you'd know you're in the West. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But what if you swam in the West and some maritimers were visiting? Would that throw it off? Is that now the Atlantic? I think if you weren't swimming and then you got bit by a lobster, then you'd realize where you were. I think if it took you short, uh, less time to swim across the entire ocean, you, then you know you're in the Atlantic. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That's, okay. That, that's a giveaway. So we need a number three. So, no, that's uh, number three. What, we need number it? four. Oh, but how, we need a number four. Uh, river. You swim a river. Or you worry about the current. You know what? I would put river. Um, I put river third actually before ocean. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're right. A river is a river is pretty nice to swim in. Yeah. If you have a nice river, if you can find like there's a real. I've talked about it on the show before, but there's a great place to stop if you're if you're on your way to. Um, no, you go past Princeton. So if you're on your way to the Okanagan and you're going along the Highway Three, the cro- yeah. Crow's Nest, you if once you go past Princeton, there's a little provincial park called Bromley Rock, and it's a, a rock. It's a river where it's deep enough that you can jump off about a 40-foot rock down into the, into the water. Mm. And I have not jumped off the 40-foot rock, but I have jumped off of the 20-foot rock there because that was easier to climb up. The other one involves going through a lot of brush, and I only have bare feet, so I, and my feet are like wimpy as all can be. I don't have kid mm. feet. You know how you, when you're a kid yeah. and you're running around outside? 
Yeah. The summer starts and you're like, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ee, ah, ah. And then by the time August comes, you're like just running across pure gravel without any, without any fear. You're like Tarzan. Your feet are like. Yeah. When your parents are like, yeah, the concrete is blazing hot. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're doing you're doing the walking across uh, the coals thing. Yeah. One time I was watching Tarzan and I noticed looking at his feet because I was curious like how he ran through the forest. Mm-hmm. He had little uh, there were little black soles like so obviously he had like a little protective soles on his feet so he could run rapidly oh, through the underground. Okay. Yeah. How do you think those stayed on? Might have just been glued on because they only had to last through the scene. They you know he wasn't. He wasn't actually in the jungle. I wonder so. if he had like little straps that you could see. Maybe. Maybe they were like the original thongs. Yeah. Toe thongs. No, that's a fair point. Yeah, there's a lot of movies like that. I wonder how they uh, go about doing that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that nowadays, you know, they have like the Marvel training thing where you have to train to be in a movie and stuff like that. Maybe in those days they're like, you're going to do Tarzan. Here's a gravel strip you want you to run along every day until you can run. I th- yeah, I thought <laughs> you were going to say nowadays... You're Mowgli, but you're shooting it all in one room. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's the other thing, isn't it? But I think With that... Bill Murray covered in balls, you know, pretending to be a bear. Bill Murray wasn't even there. Eh, okay. It was uh, all um, the director. But, but at some point, Bill Murray was covered in balls. I don't think so. He didn't do any motion capture? Bill I don't Murray? think so. Okay. I think he just added his voice. Because as far as I know, like, all of the parts that Mowgli interacted with was with the uh, John Favreau. Oh, okay. Like, so... he, just, he was in the water with him and stuff like that, and... And they had like a model bear that he sat on. Okay. Like a, not the complete bear, but like the bear belly and stuff like that. I'm, uh, sat I'm on annoyed that. then that uh, they didn't cover Bill Murray in balls. <laughs> I think at some point. You know, maybe for um, those that zombie movie thing he was. Yeah, that could be. Now I'm, I'm looking at Bill Murray covered in balls. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if that's going to give you this, the uh, reaction. The, uh... Nope. It's going to give me exactly what I'm looking for. Okay. <laughs> Oh, now, the first thing that comes up is the Jungle Book uh, behind the scenes. They made it possible, but I don't want to look at a video. That's not uh, that's not for me here. I'm not doing that. I got a I got a podcast to do. Well, maybe he maybe he did add all the stuff I saw was uh, with John Favreau. I interacted with him, but maybe that was just uh, some John Favreau propaganda. Well, it could have been. Okay, that's that's fine. Oh, excuse me. And that's Bill Murray. He's calling. Yeah, us to he's, let us know. he's at the door. <laughs> he's at the door. All right, let me just, uh, while you're looking stuff up. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be in the uh, new uh, Ghostbusters movie, and uh, I'm sure they'll cover him in balls for that. <laughs> There's no way anyone's getting, getting away without uh, without being covered in balls. Question. What's that? Are you looking forward to the new Ghost, Ghost, Ghostbusters movie? Or are you just confused by it? It's not confusing. Here's, here's what's going on with Ghostbusters. Is, uh, the first Ghostbusters movie was kind of an improvisational comedy that was shot like a horror movie. Okay. Um, it was very, very realistic. No one, no one got laughs really, except for the main characters, and then to us, to uh, you know, and then Rick Moranis as well. Like Rick Moranis was in the same movie as the Ghostbusters. Maybe yeah. he wasn't. Maybe he was like even farther, farther off. But <laughs> everyone else is realistic yeah. in the entire world, except mm-hmm. for the Ghostbusters. Yeah, uh, doing jokes, 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 jokes. So there you go. It was pretty grounded, and uh, it worked. And the horror scenes were played as horror scenes. Pretty yeah. good. And then the second movie, uh, they made a cartoon. They just made the equivalent of a, a, the the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. They, you know, Slimer's driving a bus. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Janine's in love with Lou, with uh, Tully, who's not not a accountant anymore. Now he's a lawyer for some reason. It's all it's all just crazy bananas. The Statue of Liberty comes to life. It's all like there's nothing realistic about it. Mm. It's just bleh, the whole yeah. thing. But yeah. it's a, but it's a it's an over the top cartoon. Then, I've not I've not seen Ghostbusters too. That's 
Then um, you, you forgive me. Oh, then okay. you get your uh, your uh, redo of the Ghostbusters, and that one is uh, kind of the Judd Apatowification uh, of things uh, with with modern special effects thrown on top of mm-hmm. it. Uh, a tonal choice that they abandoned for the extended cut, which is which was better in the extended cut. I keep saying that. No one wants to see the extended cut if you don't like the original. <laughs> because we all saw the movie. Yeah, the, the, the Do problem I want to start through a longer one of this? Yeah, the first, the, the first scene fucks it up, which is, mm. you know, they make it a 30 rock world where the world is crazy. Yeah. And then all the characters are, are, are crazy. It's just, it's just, it's just, there's no, there's no grounding there. Everyone's, it's all joke, joke, joke. Everyone's joke, a joker. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's a joker. Uh, but again, I brought my niece and my nephew and they loved it mm. because, they loved it, and it was like these people fighting ghosts, and probably it would be more entertaining to them than the everyone smoking blowjob ghost movie of the, <laughs> the original. Let's not forget about that, folks. And then, so this one looks like complete fan fiction, and uh, the trailer has no jokes in it, hmm. uh, which is, seems an odd choice. And then they even take scenes from the Ghostbusters movie, put the first Ghostbusters, put it into this, but then play it straight. You know, like uh, the Ghostbusters were, were willing to believe you. And it's like, but that's funny and goofy in the first one because they're awkward and they can't do the ads right. They look like late night ad people that can't yeah. do ads right. Yeah. And this, they're doing it straight. And it's, uh, oh, there's, oh, remember, that's that's my dead father who left me a car. And, oh, we're so broke now. And we're all the, okay, fine. It's fine. So every one of the movies has been a completely different genre. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. It so is odd, knows? isn't it? It is odd. I guess... I mean, I guess it's sort of fun if they're uh, they're giving people their own kind of chance to riff on riff on it, you know. And it's you know, if it's just gonna, it, it, you know, would you would you be happy if they just kept making the same the first one over and over again? I I, I don't know. I never. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's so tonally different every time. It's mm-hmm. very very weird. It is. Yeah. You know, it's like the thing is the first movie is Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. And Harold Ramis yeah. when they were those characters. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. And then the cartoon series just took it into a bizarre kind of sci-fi goofball, better than you thought it was going to be direction. Yeah. And then they tried to which, make... Which one? The one with the gorilla? <laughs> yeah, that's right. With uh, with Spencer and Tracy. Huh? <laughs> and then the thing. Go, go, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, but but this one, like, this is the setup they've got, which is, you know, this was... This is Egon's old house. He's the father of this kid. Hmm. And Egon's died, which, you know, Harold Ramis has really passed, yeah. passed away. So you've got that gravitas to it. But mm-hmm. I don't see Egon having a kid. Like, it's it's like Egon was, was the out-and-out weirdo. I don't know. Like, how do you... He shouldn't have a kid. He was going to drill his head. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> mean he's a great dad. Yeah, he is literally a mad scientist. You know, he is one step away from creating Flubber. Uh, it's you know, we'll we'll see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, it's you know, you've got the you got the Harold Ramis thing, so you got the you know the impact of Harold Ramis, and we all miss Harold Ramis. And then you got uh, the son of the original director is doing it, mm-hmm. and again, it's that kind of okay. I guess that's fine, For, and, because they're very different as directors as well. Yeah, and then it's weird because you've got Finn. Is it Finn Wolfhard? Is okay. the kid? Sure. Uh, from who, from uh, Stranger Things. From Stranger Things, wherein you know they all dressed as the Ghostbusters, 
and they did like you know their own little trip to right. Ghostbusters. He was just like, but you know, he's he's at that age now where he's in every movie, so you cannot have a movie with a young kid in it that doesn't have Finn Wolfhard. Sure, sure. I'm pretty sure he fought uh, the It Clown. He did. Of course, he did. Why yeah. didn't he? Why wouldn't he fight the It? <laughs> he was clown? also in that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's fine. It's like of that age. I mean, I say play the horror stuff horror. Play the comedy stuff, comedy. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck to you. Sure, sure. You know, most of the Marvel movies try to strike the balance of the action is action, the comedy is comedy. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd is there. He's a bunch of charming. Like, if you want the equivalent of a Bill Murray charmer in your movie, that's that's Paul Rudd now. So mm-hmm. have it, have at it. And I'm maybe they're just saving all the jokes for the movie. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing. To be honest with you, I don't think it's a, the wrong thing to do it. And I thought it was very strange, and it is strange now that when the first when the the first new Ghostbusters came out with um, the last one, mm-hmm. you know, everyone like Ghostbusters answered the call, which is a terrible name. Everyone lost their their shit because the trailer wasn't funny. Oh, was that right? Yeah, everyone okay. went crazy because the trailer wasn't funny. Now this time, a trailer comes out and it's not funny. No one seems to be commenting on it. It seems kind of a weird double standard, I guess, or something. It almost feels like it's the when when you when you had the. Um, the the nude uh, reboot of Spider-Man. The, the nude reboot of Spider-Man. Yeah, the nude reboot. I'm really of interested yeah. in this. When, I, when did I miss? When Spider-Man did this put on your pants. <laughs> uh, but when you when you had the all most right. recent uh, uh, reboot of Spider-Man, you yeah. know, uh, whatever. They're all home. Homecoming was it? Homecoming, the first one. Homecoming is the first one. Yeah. Okay. Away from home is the second. Where you were just like going, hey, there's another Spider-Man movie, and mm-hmm. you went, okay, like it was so soon. It feels since the last reboot, like that. All right, fine. We'll see. we'll see. I've got no feelings either way. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, no, this is sacred to me now. And you can't <laughs> ruin it because, you know, we just had it a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the last one was, eh, you know, some people like, some people don't. Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. Fine. Fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I mean. I'll just say I'm kind of looking forward to the new Ghostbusters for no particular reason than other than I think it's a fun concept. Yeah, Buster makes you feel good. And I Buster makes me feel good. And I would like to see... I'd like to see it done well. And I mean, I didn't think the last one was great. I know you said that the extended version is better. And mm-hmm. one of these days I should watch it if I could, you know, if it was like, if it was like easily available on streaming or something like that, I would definitely watch it. But having said that, I have not been bothered to watch all of the... Did we fansplainers jo- it? I don't think we did. Okay. I think it was before our, before his fansplainers. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't think we fans, fansplained okay. it. I don't remember now. <laughs> To be honest with you, sorry. We never we never pay attention to our own podcast. <laughs> I don't mean I can remember some of the movies, but not all of them. That's all right. Um, I don't think so. I went and saw it with my family. Okay. Ghost, that Ghostbusters. And I walked to the theater and the girls liked it. Once again, the girls liked it. I didn't, but I didn't like it. So, you know. Just... Well, it ends on an action scene that it's, it's, it's actually, it reminded me a lot of like Lost in Space was not a good movie. The, uh, the one with Gary Oldman. And Mimi Rogers and uh, yeah. Guy from Friends. Yeah, it was not a good movie. Boring. Ma- um, yeah, Matt, Le- Matt LeBlanc. Sure. Okay. Mel Blanc. Mel LeBlanc. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, it kind of actioned up at the end mm-hmm. and was kind of interesting. And then the final scene, they actually got lost in space, which they weren't. They were lost in time. This is a problem that I'm going to say, once again, Space Jam, get, get to space. <laughs> uh, lost in space yeah. once again whenever there's a movie with space in the title mm-hmm. we ain't going to space yeah. we're going to have a time travel adventure well then it's lost in time mm-hmm. uh, but they it was an interesting ending and then the end credit sequence 
was really exciting and made you go like, you know, I would see another one of these movies right now. Mm. If you would show me one right now, I would see it. I didn't like that, but I like this. <laughs> it feels like you've caught up to the movie I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was and it. So the end of Ghostbusters felt like that too, where you have that one scene where Kate McKinnon, McKinnon, yep, uh, is that, and she's licking her guns, which is just like a bizarre thing. That, but she's really enjoying what she's doing, and she's kicking a lot of ass. And you're like, this is uh, different. This is interesting. What's this? This do this. We'd like more of this. But then the movie kind of wraps up, and then they hedge their bets at the end with like a, a, a teaser for Zool, and they end up at like the, the firehouse, and you're like, oh, we don't need any of this. Don't need any of this. <laughs> end of the movie. I can't get anything out. It's all gold. That's what uh, yeah. the director was saying. Yeah. No, I don't think we did. Uh, I don't think we did uh, Ghostbusters. No. Um, that's that's fine. Yeah, the, 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 the biggest flaw to me in Ghostbusters was uh, uh, they killed Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. And like, he was a doubting character. Mm -hmm. They caught a ghost. They had a ghost in a trap. Mm -hmm. And they and this scene is just like so wrong-headed that it just, it completely took me out of the movie where I just went, well, you don't care, so why do I care? So it's, um, it's Kirsten, uh, it's Kristen Wiig. Am I getting this? this sure. Name right? Kristen Stewart. No, uh, whatever wig is, is, is there. And Kristen and got, Stewart's wig was yeah, playing the, uh, they have a ghost in a trap and the trap can be opened by a foot pedal or some such. Yes. And so, uh, the Bill Murray character who's the skeptic is like, you're a liar and there's no such thing as ghosts and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And she's getting mad at all the things that he's saying. And like, yeah, that's right. It's, it's all bullshit basically. And then she, she opens the trap yeah. and he gets knocked out the window, a second story window. And yeah. we never see him again yes. by the ghost. And like, well, he's dead. <laughs> like he's an old man that just got knocked out of a window. Yes. He's dead. Yeah. You killed him. You killed Truman Capote. Yeah, that's right. You killed Truman Capote. Whereas the easy flip on that is, yeah. you know, the Walter Peck character is the one who who, who opens the fucking thing. Sure. You don't open it. That guy's not working. That's right. You don't open that thing out of spite. William Atherton. Right. But uh, Bill Murray should have like gone. I'll show you. You think it's in here? Click. He hits it. Yeah. And then he kills himself. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Then that ups the stakes, and now they're responsible for this, and now everything's uh, gone bananas. Perfect. That would be fine. That's a lot better. Instead, you know, she's so uh, malicious that she she will murder a guy. She knew the <laughs> danger, and she killed the guy, and they yeah. never address that. And it's like, oof. and the other thing that bothered me was, you know, the cameos are all stinkeroos. Yeah. And they introduce a thing early on in the movie where there's a TV show about fake Ghostbusters, mm. you know, and they go, yeah, these guys are a bunch of frauds. It's like, that's where you put the Ghostbusters. Yeah. They're, they're the frauds. Mm -hmm. Now you can do a thing with that where people have forgotten the Ghostbusters and just think they're frauds. And now you actually can do a thing where maybe, wait, why does everyone think they're frauds? Why does no one remember this? You could do that and you could tie the two worlds together if you wanted or just make it a fucking fun cameo. You could do it that way. But they introduce the frauds and then we never see the frauds. Why would you introduce that and now not do a parody of that in this 30 Rock universe? It makes no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever. And also, much like in the first Ghostbusters movie, they leave college. The college guy is a jerk and there's never any payback for the college guy. It's like, go back and see the Krusty Dean. Have like... 
you know, all the old students coming back from the dead or, you know, ruining the classes because, you know, they're, uh, you know, you see what they're really like or they're contrasting what's being taught or something like that. And you've got to help me. But you yeah. said we were frauds. But you've got to help me. Are you talking about the, the first film they should have gone Both. back to? I don't really think that he's that malicious in the first one. I think the guy has a point. They are just milking the system. So Yeah, they are milking the system. <laughs> but the fun in that is like, if then they have to go back to that college yeah. because something's going on and, you know, the guy's got to eat a little crow. You know, they want to, you got to get, guess. you got to go after the crusty Dean. I guess. That's, that's your animal house sure. situation. Yeah, yeah. You're I guess right. so. He is correct though. Bill Murray is a fraud. I guess what, I guess you could have just had like him watching them on TV or whatever and just going, you know, pish and tittle or whatever. And then, you know, looking out the window and suddenly there's a ghost there and then, you know, and he's, and he's all scared and then you can just a cut. Good, good go. Yeah, the, a the good, difference, good, good ghost. Yeah, one of the difference between the original Ghostbusters and the uh, Answer the Call Ghostbusters is uh, Ghostbusters in the first movie are they're frauds. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray is an out-and-out fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is easily convinced and whatever, but he's ethically questionable. Egon is just straight-out nuts. <laughs> And then yeah. you got uh, the Ernie Hudson character, who's just there for uh, a check. Sure, but he's not there. He's not part of the co- the, the uh, university team. No, so. but then later on, yeah. he's like, you know, do you believe in any of these things? Well, you pay me, I'll believe whatever you want. <laughs> so he's got no ethical stake in any yeah, of this. Yeah. And then they've all got to like grow ethically and end up doing the right thing. Whereas the Ghostbusters in Answer the Call, they're all believers and kind of right, except for I guess Leslie Jones. She was surprised that these things existed maybe um, <laughs> she was know. shocked she was shocked she couldn't believe it yeah i'm not i'm not sure and this one they got kids and i don't know if the kids are going to be able to b- play a whole bunch of jokes or what they're going to be able to do or they're just going to play it sincere and stranger things straight they're all good looking we all those kids are real good looking <laughs> that's a problem we don't know what's going to happen yeah you need you need some weird looking kids to make this work i think hmm Hmm. Well, were all the kids in uh, it good looking? Um. Yeah, I think none yeah. of them were Degrassi style weird looking kids. <laughs> no, they're all pretty. They're all pretty Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood ugly, I guess. Yeah, if, I think if, they, a, if they are ugly, they're Hollywood yeah, ugly. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. You know. Yeah, but I mean that's always been a problem for Hollywood. Not always. Bad News Bears. They were uh, a bunch of weird looking. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Kids. That's a good example. Uh, that's a, yeah. The seventies is the is the standout decade for in that terms of, in terms of like you know what what Hollywood is or was or whatever. Like the seventies is like you kind of can't count that decade. It's a weird anomaly. Yeah, it's good when you got kids with weird faces, weird kid faces, or even like the sand. I mean, I didn't see it, but whatever the sand lot was, you know the the. the I know the poster is a kid getting kicked in the balls with a soccer ball. I never saw that movie. The back lot, the sand lot, something like that. I think you're right. But isn't that about kids were playing a baseball game? There's like a dog that... Or maybe that's just part of a section of the movie. Anyway, it's a poster with a kid getting a soccer ball in the nuts. (laughs) And that was the poster. And the kid's going, go! He's he's an odd-looking kid. He was later in a uh, Ghostbusters. He was later in an X-Files episode. Uh, They also had Brent Butt. Uh, where uh, he was a vampire. And they um, deal with him by taking a bunch of uh, sunflower seeds and throwing them on the ground. And and because he's a vampire, he's got to count them. And he's just like, oh, really? And he has to go down and just starts counting them. He was, he was upset by that. Hmm. That's how you can stop a vampire. <laughs> it's a waste of time. They're very OCD. <laughs> 
I was just thinking, so so there's a Will Ferrell movie called Kicking and Screaming, right? Where he's uh, like a soccer coach. Why do I think that's a, what? What? Okay, yeah, I'm now confusing it with Lady Ladybugs, which is the Rodney Dangerfield. That's a Rodney Dangerfield one. one. That's right. And then there's one with with Will Ferrell, I think, called Kicking and Screaming. Okay, which I think is based on Fever Pitch, which is a movie with Colin Firth, where which is an English film about soccer mania. Mm-hmm. But what what I have the trouble I have with kicking and screaming. Wait, fever pitch? No, uh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, the fever pitch one, or maybe it is because fever pitch then got remade into the Jimmy Fallon. Oh, movie. one with the the the, oh, the Red Sox. That's right. Okay, and then and then that was the year that the Red Sox won. So they had the whole movie set up that like at the end he'd be upset because the Red Sox didn't win, but he would have matured and learned. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Red Sox won. Yeah. So he they they had a they were shooting at the, same you know, time, at the actual yeah. game. So they it has that ending, and the Sandlot is yeah, uh, it's it's I guess it's a baseball thing. Yeah, I thought it was, that's what I thought. Well, what was this poster where the guy's getting a thing in the ball? Maybe that's kicking and screaming. The Will Ferrell vehicle. This is a very but my my the, what I was going to say about the kicking and screaming, and I really resent that film because there's a Noah Baumbach film called Kicking and Screaming, okay, which features Christopher Christopher Eigenman from Whit Stillman films, and about kids who are unwilling to uh, advance out of university because they're scared of the real world, and they you know have to be dragged kicking and screaming into into reality. Ah, is the idea of that film, but. You know, when you ever go to look it up, all you get is all this stuff about the Will Ferrell film, and you're like, "That's not what I. That's not what I want. That's not what I want." Google. I feel really bad that I'm remembering this kid getting it, getting it in the nards. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh boy. Uh, well, I'll say one thing about kicking and screaming by Noah Baum- Baumbach, which is that he got better as okay. a filmmaker. It's okay. You can see, you, you know, he's very much indebted to like Stillman and Woody Allen and people like that, and then he kind of found his own voice. Okay, here's where here's where I'm going with the Sandlot does star the same kid, uh, Patrick Renna. The movie that has him getting a soccer ball in the balls is The Big Green. Never even heard of it. That's fine. That's fine. It's funny how many soccer films there are yes. for a sport that people really disregard. But I guess because it's very popular at a at a kid level, like as a game to play. You know, like. Um, like you know, I played played soccer growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. When here in Canada, soccer is you know, I mean it's popular, but it's not. It's nothing like hockey, right? But yeah, it's interesting that you know, because there's that movie. There's um, she's the man, I think, with Amanda Bynes, where she. I thought it was a football movie. Is that a soccer movie? That's a soccer movie. Yeah, she's okay. pretending to be a man. She's the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, I'm pretty sure that's a soccer film. We I wouldn't li- know because it's a very sexy poster. The poster <laughs> is just her uh, saying shh and sexily. Having your back towards uh, ah. uh, another guy. Mm. Yeah, they're not really they're pushing pushing the whole soccer <laughs> aspect. I guess that wasn't really the selling point of the film. Is that I guess the selling point of the film is Amanda Bynes was in it. Yeah, the poster for it says uh, everyone has a secret. Duke wants Olivia, who likes Sebastian, who is really Viola, whose brother is dating Monique, so she hates Olivia, who's with Duke to make Sebastian jealous, who's really Viola, who's crushing on Duke, who thinks she's a guy. So that's um, that was Shakespeare play then. With Viola and all those characters, isn't it? Isn't that the name of one of like much ado about nothing or one of those sort of things? Oh, you think that they that this one was well? 
I mean, Ten Things I Hate About You, of course, is, is Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, but that's, well, all those names kind of sound very much like... Oh, are we thinking... Oh, that's interesting. Is it a Shakespeare play? Huh. <laughs> ah. Well, like when you listen to the names like Viola and stuff like that, it makes me yes. think... Yes. Okay. Aha! Well played, my friend. <laughs> is there much to do? Deep one? cut? No, nope, not much to do. Try and guess what the Shakespeare play... I will give you five guesses. You'll give me five guesses. And you will not get it. Um... This is the part of the show where I play game shows. <laughs> uh, it's so it's got twins in it, right? Two gentlemen of Verona. Nope. Dang it. Um, I did do that play. Oh, Louise is no Louise. No, Louise, Louise already got it, haven't you, Louise? But I'm stuck. I'm okay, pretty. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm can, gonna give me, can you give me the? There's a number in it. I said two. Um, yep. Oh man, I know it. I know it. I just can't. Um, can you tell me the first letter? First, first, first word. Is, will it give it away too much if you yeah, give it to me the first one? I will give oh, you okay, the letter, though. No, no. T. And it's not Tempest. <laughs> no, no. And it's not the. Oh. Not too gentle. The first word in any Shakespeare play would give away any Shakespeare play. I guess you're right. Except for, like, Henry or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so. It's just. Okay. All's well then? No, it's not all's well then as well. No, T. Starts with a T. I know. I'm just trying to go through the comedies. Okay. Oh, I can't remember. What is it? What is it? It is Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. Ah, shoot. There you go. Sorry, Louise. Failed you. But you knew it. I know you knew it. And anyone else out there who guessed it was saying, Dave, you fool. And Twelfth Night is based on what? Twelfth Night is based on... Yes. It's a Christmas play, isn't it? It is. Uh, Twelfth Night is based on the short story of Apollonius and Cilia oh, I don't by know. Barnaby Rich. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I well, just I have read it, but now it's been you a while. know that much. I read it a while ago, many 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 years ago when I was in my twenties. I don't think I've ever read it. I went through a reading Shakespeare phase. That's that's interesting. So okay, she's the man, and uh, ten things I hate about you. Mm-hmm. Of course, West Side Story. Um, <laughs> just trying to think of any other uh, Shakespeare teen things that they kind of snuck in but didn't tell you mm-hmm. off the top that this is uh, supposed to be Shakespeare. I imagine there's other ones. Would. Uh, I was going to say Romeo and Juliet, but that was pretty obvious. The uh, La- yeah, Baz Luhrmann, one. Story. Baz Luhrmann. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, we want ones that are like changing the title a little bit to uh, to trick us. Yeah, that they try and sneak a tempest into. Well, X Men, the X Men, <laughs> the tempest. One, one controls the weather. One's a beast. Forbidden, Forbidden Planet is the tempest, but that's not a team. Ah, that's not a team one. But, yeah. And there's Ariel, and of course, those of you that are nerds know that uh, Kitty Pride called herself Ariel for a brief period of time. So hmm. there you are. There's your uh <laughs> your tempest. There's your thing. Yeah, you could see. I mean, there's no way that uh Ian McKellen didn't play Prospero at some point in his damn life. <laughs> that guy was born to play Prospero. Is that right? Yeah. It's fine. Is, Pro- is Prospero from the Tempest? Uh yeah. He's the okay. uh the uh, I've not read the Tempest. I've never read the Tempest. Oh, I like the Tempest quite a bit. Okay. Um in high school. Ah, we're talking about high school. It's that time of the show, everybody. <laughs> ding. There you go. Ding 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 ding. Um so, uh, yeah, we would read that one out loud, and that would be a very fun one to read out loud, because the characters are very broad. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. you know, I do Caliban like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah huh. very, very fun. Oh, that was the worst. I hated I hated uh, having to listen to people read Shakespeare in school. That was the worst part of we went We life. went over the top, so it was fun. Yeah, that's good, but that's Instead pretty rare. of the reading, yeah. it, like, uh, yeah. uh, yeah. That's different, but yes. No, I much prefer it if the teacher just read it to us. If we have to have it read to us, I'd rather have a, prefer- a performative element rather than a I would like to watch a movie forced. about it with a small amount of nudity. Oh, like Macbeth? Or um, Romeo and Juliet. 
Oh, the the, the uh, old one with yeah, which you get to see a little bit of uh, lady nudity. Franco and Zeffirelli, you're, and you're like, oh, this is very nice. And then there's a lot of guy nudity. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, no, that's fine. And all the girls go woo, <laughs> and they go. I uh, hope this works out for them. They seem like a nice couple. Oh, fine. <laughs> Olivia Hussey. I can't remember the name of the actor who is mm-hmm. who is in that film. Mm. It's been a while. That was when we had also had to watch it in class. I know it was controversial that you know there was some nudity in a film that they were showing at school, and they were like, I, yeah. I don't know if we had to like get notes from our parents or something along <laughs> those lines. It was like, can yeah. Ian see a butt? Please sign here. <laughs> My dad sent a C plus. I mean a C C sharp. Um, C plus. <laughs> Dumb Dave. A can um, of C plus. <laughs> um, yeah, we also watched um, Polanski's. Uh, Macbeth, yeah, which also had Francesca Annis, who was a pretty toothsome lady, doing her uh, Lady Macbeth in the nude, the the famous blood scene, and then also had the witches' nudity, which was less enjoyable mm-hmm. for teenage boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like any other uh, uh, films like that. that like I can't think of it. The only other film I can think that they uh, showed in high school that had nudity was uh, Woodstock, and uh, they showed that in the auditorium, and no one showed up. No one wanted to see it. No one cared at all. Like well, not, not not a single person showed up to wow. see that. Yeah, hmm. but they kind of pushed. They're like, okay, but we got to warn you. There's some nudity. Like they should have pushed it a little harder. Mm. Pushed it a little harder. There's gonna be some. But then people went, "Is it hippie nudity?" They're like, "Yeah." They went, "Ugh." Is it Shanana? Yeah, Shanana <laughs> performs nude. <laughs> so I never saw. Yeah, I never saw uh, Woodstock. I I think I was working at it or something. Like I was like doing lights or something mm. and then it was like no one showed up no so we shown it no nope. was, was that that brief period where we did movies like on a saturday because we also showed like peter pan in the, in, the in north delta like there was like an attempt to like have like a like just doing sh- movies on us on a, a weekend and we but yeah it was it did, i guess it wasn't very well promoted i guess they were afraid of people coming <laughs> i don't know <laughs> We don't, want, we don't want rowdy, movie, rowdy people here. It's the movie theater that's scared of people. Yeah, that's right. That's a, yeah, that's a flaw. We don't that's want a bunch a of rowdy types showing up, wrecking the theater, watching Peter Pan. Yeah, and the business and the business model is not good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we don't want to keep it on the down low. I remember when I was in elementary school, we went through a period where we got to watch after school movies. So at three o'clock, they'd put play a movie in the gym, mm. and we'd had about two or three films. And then we had one that was called Ivanhoe. And in the middle of this big battle sequence, the vice principal turned off the movie. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this movie was this violent. Uh, you can all go home now. And that was the end of it. <laughs> I'm like, what? So then my friend and I left and we were like, continued our sword fighting <laughs> with the plants on the way home while the poor bushes suffered from our, uh, there's a lot of beheading of, of leaves. Because, you know, you're just excited after watching a bunch of people sword fighting. So of course yeah. you're going to sword fight. But why didn't we get to watch the end of that movie? Was this like a movie from the fifties? It wasn't even that violent. Very weird thing. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't even that violent. Like it's not like craziness. Is that a Robin Hood story? No, it's um, Man the Iron Mask story. What is Ivanhoe? Ivanhoe. It is a story in itself. It's by Sir Walter Scott. Yeah, there's no connection to. Okay, I've never read it. I have it at home. I should uh, one of these days crack open a Walter Scott book. Okay. As someone who claims to enjoy Victorian literature, that seems like a big hole in it to not have read Walter Scott. Yeah, why am I thinking there's a Robin Hood of that? I don't know. I know nothing. I just think, yeah, I don't think so. I just think, I think it's fiction. I don't think it's based in it, like a historical fact. Oh, Robin Hood's in it, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, it's... Well, there uh, you go. What yeah. do I know? Yep. 
I should have paid more attention, obviously. I, I was, you know, in my defense, I was in grade four. That was quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, we got like, we got some weird movies. Like, there was one like Darby O'Gill and the Little People sure, was one sure. of the films. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when I remember, and I remember the Ivanhoe, because I just remember that the whole Ivanhoe incident of the film being turned off, which is ridiculous. Horrible. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, you're all really getting too excited, so we're going to shut this movie off and send you out into the world. Go. He did what my mom always wanted to do. Which was to turn off the TV and chew us out of the room, and we got watching something that was getting us too excited. She really did not like the Warriors. Could you imagine? There's nothing like that now, where it's just like if you were, if there was a whole room full of uh, people watching a movie, and then they went, "I get out of here. We're not showing this to you." <laughs> You'd immediately just go outside and just go, "You got your phones? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Mm, all right. Let's all watch." Probably no one would even be interested in old movies like that. I remember in grade six, my grade six teacher played it. Played us uh, the Gold Rush, the Charlie Chaplin film. Okay, and I just thought that was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe how great it was. And I'll tell you this right now: I was the only one who was really enjoyed it. Well, there's so many aspects <laughs> to it that are that are hard to you know, like it's black and white. Yeah, that's it's hard, a, it's a hard, that's hard to take. Although in those days, people experienced black and white more commonly than they do now. Yeah, but it's it's the old timey black and white. There's just there's just ways of watching things and being used to things, and anything that's new will be like fought against. Yeah, one of the biggest uh, I ever uh, felt in a room (laughs) was uh, we we had a music class, and a teacher came in and went, "I want to play some music for you. It's a different type of music. Yeah, they call it new wave." I really wish I knew what the music was. Yeah, I'm curious now. But like, she played like two songs, and people were horrified. Just horrified at how bad it was. Like, it was different. Bad. And as a kid, different is bad. Yeah. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried this food? Try it. What's it taste like? It tastes different than anything you've ever tried before. Oh, well, that's poison, and I hate it. (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Hey, and it looks like Dave's got a haircut. Let's make fun of him. Hey, you have a haircut. You're different now. You're a different Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, get him. <laughs> the, the, first, the first day I showed up at high school with short hair, when I, just, when I decided to join the New Wave Revolution. Sure, sure. First thing that someone said to me was, uh, faggot. <laughs> like, what? Okay. That seems kind of weird, but okay. You don't have long hair. <laughs> yeah, there's no logic to that. <laughs> there's no logic at all. Just you're di- I see you. You are different. Yeah. You have decided to join a different group of people. You're betraying your generation. Because my generation was like the last, not the very last, but it was like the last generation of people who were like hardcore, you know, into like classic rock kind of music. The next generation was more of a divide between classic rock and new wave or whatever the new music was. So yeah, that was like, it was pretty much a consensus in my grade that, you know, you just stay away from all that stuff. It's all garbage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But you don't but still have no way of accessing it unless you knew someone who knew something, or but I mean, it might or be if like you read about you, it, yeah. or or you might like listen to the college radio station mm-hmm. if you were able to, yeah. tune it in, yeah, you know if that was at all possible. But yeah, you had a lot less access to the new, and it had to speak to you, you know. Like for me, it was kind of weird because I, it was New Year's Eve, and we, my brothers and I were just left at home. My parents had gone out for, for New Year's. And so you went Ivanhoe. We're, we're going to finally finish that movie. <laughs> Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe. And no, we watched Monkey Business for the first time that night. Oh, okay. So that was like a big revelation. Because I hadn't seen like an early Marx Brothers film until that until Monkey Business. Um, but also I wa- we watched this movie and it was like, or not a movie, just a TV show. That was just like a bunch of weird videos, like weird music videos. 
And I don't even know what it was for. But in amongst those videos was XTC. We're making plans for Nigel and This Is Pop. And I was just like smitten right away by that music. Like right away. I loved it. And then they also played like Jean-Michel Jarret. Like this 50-minute long electronic. I was less enamored with that. It just seemed very long and kind of kind of flatulent. But I really enjoyed like XTC. And I think Boom, Boomtown Rats was also played. But it didn't seem quite as interesting as that XTC. That right. Yeah, that seems about the right era. Yeah. And it was just... But it was weird. Like, I don't know what it was, why it was put together. What was it like? It's a New Year's Eve. Let's have some new wave. I, I don't know. But that, that's what it was. So, yeah, we watched Monkey Business, which I thought was just the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life at that point. And then, um, yeah, those, those video show. Like, but it just changed, like, it changed what I listened to in music from then on. I just I sought that out. And it was hard, though, in those days because you didn't know where to go to get it. Right. You know? Like you just, you knew about it though. So now you have to spend your life with your ear to the ground, you know. And if you read something about music, you're like, oh, different music. Yeah. And even if, if just getting your hair cut got you uh, mocked at school. Yeah, that's right. What would uh, actually listen to this forbidden music? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was weird. Like when I was in grade eight, I loved XTC, like Generals and Majors, which to be fair was like on the radio, like it was on Fox, and it was in their like top 10 songs of, the, of for, the, for a while. And so I was able to buy the single because it was in the top 40. Uh-huh. You know, so it was available at Ellicat Records on their on their forty fives wall. You know, and you can go in and oh, can I get that one? And yeah, so but yeah, it was it was you know I was with the police at that time. Just it was, but it was hard. Like that, those were like you know these sort of w- weird little islands that popped up. But if you didn't know, like until you were a little older and you went into Vancouver and then you went down like Record Row and you're like, oh, there's <laughs> there's all this stuff available. Oh my god. Yeah, um, uh, whatever the equivalent of uh, Global or UTV, I forget, you know, whatever whatever they would have been. But Moses Zimmer Station. CKVU. Yeah. CKVU. Uh, yeah. They would play, yeah, uh, music videos and weird things late at night. We're, we're always trying to be, like, very, very hip. I'm trying to, like, just look at what were the first, like, music video TV shows in Canada. Yeah. I don't remember that because I do remember, though, like, going with friends to what was then the Soft Rock Cafe on West 4th. And watching someone's compilation of, of music videos from, from England. So they had Monochrome Set. They had Bauhaus. I don't remember anyone else from the, other than those two things. But there obviously were other things. I think they also played Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. But it was like, this was someone's TV set in a, in a big room. So it, was yeah. very, it wasn't like very uh, fun or interesting in that sort of setting to watch a movie like that. And then it was one of those typical stories where when we left, it was too late. And we got stuck at Lougheed Mall. And we had to pay like $30 for a taxi back to Delta. Luckily there was five of us or whatever. So we were able to amortize out the cost of it. But yeah, I know it was just th- th- those days, you know, where you're just I'm like sure desperate. you guys tipped well too. Oh yeah. Straight 30. <laughs> Straight 30. Yeah. Tipping. Didn't even know what that was. No. His, what do you mean tipping? His taxi was upright when we left. Yeah. I was just looking at when Good Rock and Tonight started in Canada, which was uh, 1983. So a little after, a little after, uh, that NBC uh, Friday Night Videos. Friday Night Videos, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in, in Canada, the TV show that I used to work on uh, was uh, Switchback. Yeah. And, and, and that was a show that was a live 90-minute show. So they just went for as much filler as humanly possible. And part of the filler was, uh, you know, uh, first of all, Batman. They would show Batman or some serials okay. or what have you. But they'd also show as many rock videos as, as humanly possible. As to. to the point where often it was like rock videos they shouldn't be showing on a kid's show at all <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but uh, in that same room that we shot that, 
uh, I remember at Good Rock and Tonight, like opening on the other side of the room. Yeah. And you know they would they would have a lot of the same videos, mm. and then also later on uh, in the eighties. Uh, they were to interview the same bands on both shows. Okay. So they, Terry David Mulligan would interview them over there, and then they pre-tape an interview because because we shot at like nine in the morning. Yeah. Which wasn't great for bands. Some some <laughs> came, some did not. Yeah. Uh, so they would shoot over there, and then they just wander over, <laughs> and the other host would uh, would interview at our set, and then eventually. Uh, Stu Jeffries hosted both shows, yeah. and so he'd interview them in one set, and then he'd just like pivot turn. <laughs> We're going to interview you on the other set. Yeah, wow. And then you get like big country or what have you. Sure. Whoever whoever the the eighties band of the day was that was in Vancouver, they would come to the CBC and just do something. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, I guess you got to promote the hardest part of your job. Yeah, go on a kid show. I think that would be the worst part of anyone's. Uh... Any any bands? I mean, it depends if you like talking about yourself. Some, I, I mean, guess that's look it. At, look at us. Look what we're doing. Why we're, are we doing this? We're not in a kid show, but we're talking about ourselves for like three damn hours a week. <laughs> so you can see how like a band or someone who wants some attention <laughs> would be okay with people asking. You know, are, you questions. Say, are you saying we want attention? I, are you right. saying I this mean, show is want, a cry for help? Uh, well, let me just check our ratings. Well, we don't want that much attention. <laughs> we want a passing glance. <laughs> That's right. We don't want a full-on stare. Please don't gaze upon us. Yeah. Now I, now I want to see how old Terry David Mulligan is. Oh, there you go. Pretty old. He's about 80. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was a DJ in the 70s. After being an RCMP officer. Oh. He was an RCMP officer that went... And had to do something at a radio station. Okay. And when he went into the radio station, he went, well, how's all this work? Well, this, this, and this. Huh. And very shortly afterwards, I want to, I want to DJ instead. Yeah, and yeah. He quit the RCMP and uh, became a DJ. Huh. Yeah. Before that time, he was just Terrence Mulligan. Then he became Terry David Mulligan. Yeah, he was an RCMP officer from 1960 to 1964. And then he, uh, <laughs> yeah, then he worked as a radio disc jockey for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, in the uh, days when that meant something, it, yeah, he was he was he was the shit. When you were Doc Harris, Fred Latrimo. These are local names. Everyone. He was also the host of Zigzag, which uh, which he did with Rick Dukeman, uh and Bill Ryder uh, from uh, Doctor Bondola, who we've talked about on the show. And you uh, mentioned they all like laughing at their own jokes. And, uh, <laughs> it was good. It was a good, did sketch comedy for people who got really high. But Rick Dukeman, <laughs> who was on, uh, who was on. Okay, so okay, so uh, Terry David Mulligan was an RCMP officer. Went to do something, mm-hmm. bust somebody, I think, <laughs> at at the uh, at the radio station. Went, oh, this is good. I want to do this, and so he became a DJ. Then he ended up hosting a kid show, and uh, in the course of hosting the kid show, he interviewed Rick Dukeman, who was running a roller skating shop on Granville Island. Okay, and uh, and and Rick Dukeman was very funny, and he went, like, why, "Why don't you come and do the show, some?" Okay. So he started doing the show, and then got on Star Search, and then he ended up hosting uh, a video show that was fairly popular, like Rock in America, mm. uh, where he was like uh, he changed his name though. It was it wasn't Rick Dukeman on that show. It was like it wasn't Rick Rockin', but it was something. Okay, uh, was it like in sort of like a basement or something like that? Yeah. Okay, that's right. I do remember that show. Yeah, and so that was a fairly popular show for yeah. a little while as well. And he then went on to do The Burbs with Tom Hanks and mm-hmm. uh, w- generously uh, borrowed uh, some material from local comedians <laughs> and went on Star Search and, you know, uh, did things. So uh, there was that. Yeah, I'm now really curious about Rick Dukeman's name on uh, the Rockin' thing. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
very curious. It's a very tangenty uh, show. It rock, is very it was kind of... rock in America. Rock in America. Rock in America. <laughs> and yeah, he did not use the name Rick Dukeman. He used something else, but uh, they don't mention it on here. Sorry he, used, about that. he used the name George Peppard. Sure. As part of his... He stole that name as well. He was just a... <laughs> yeah, Doc Doc Harris was quite popular for a while there. You're right. He had his own uh, he had his own show. Oh yeah, yeah. LG seventy three. He also had his own TV show though as well. That was a rock video show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, like it was kind of funny. It's funny how those things are. Like when we were growing up, you know, radio was much more uh, of a thing in people's lives then. So there were you had your station, you know. And when I grew up, FM wasn't really top 40 in those days so if you were a top 40 kid which you are when you're young then you either you either listen to lg73 or you listen to 1410 cfun one of those stations you were one of those people i was an lg3 i was an lg73 person because that's the radio station that was listened to in the shack where i went and got my paper for my paper route mm-hmm. and so the, the guy who ran the the shack manager he was a fan of LG73, so then I was a fan of him because he was older than me, and he could drink an entire, whatever it is, liter bottle or two liter bottle of, of Orange Crush at yeah. one time, like when one big, long, you know, continuous swallow. But if you give him a C plus, he would die. He did not. It's not a high enough grade for him. No. So, yeah, so he was a big fan of LG73, so I just, I just became a fan of LG73. Also, they played Rock Lobster, which I really liked, so... <laughs> Because one station was a little more new wave than the other, and that was, you know, I, for whatever reason, that's where my my ears as a kid led, led me, you know. Like, you know, I don't think, I think if you, like, go off the beaten path in your musical taste, you don't choose that. Like, it's not like a conscious decision. No. You're just attracted to that sort of music, and you and you find yourself. But you're also trying to, you know, back then, just find out who you are, and you're looking for something, mm-hmm. you want something to hang on to, and yeah. so when you find something you like, you grab onto it yeah. Also, it was funny, and I liked I liked yeah. funny things. And then you become the kid who memorizes all the Monty Python sketches in the world, and then you uh, you repeat them, <laughs> and then you go like, "Hmm." I never did that. Yeah, I could, I could, I could recite the parrot sketch, but I I did not do that to people. I can I consider that a very unfair thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I did know people who could do that though, and they did not stop. Well, it is it is appreciated. Doc Harris went on, by the way, mm-hmm. to do uh, to do um, uh, voices for uh, the Dragon Ball uh, Z series. Oh wow! Yeah. Also, not a real doctor. Also, uh, went up uh, in a human rights tribunal and uh, was cleared by them in a two to one decision. Two to one. Yep. Hmm. That's how a tribunal works. Once they've decided, two of them say no, you're fine. Then you go off and you. Continue your thing. <laughs> Whatever you're doing. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Enough searching. Now we'll learn about Fred Latchmo. A lot of a lot of a lot of records I bought back in the in the late in the late 80s uh, I got from Seafun because they they sold their record collection to my boss at uh, Reminiscing Records, mm. and so there was like this flood of like uh, records, and they all had like little uh, file numbers on tape yes. in the corner. That's right. And yeah, I got a ton of those. Uh, and he also bought a bunch from this guy who had a big record collection who apparently worked at Seafun. And he would just take the records home for himself. Like yeah. if, they did, if they didn't go into rotation, you know, if they got like Prince's Dirty Mind or whatever, he'd just right. be like, well, never going to play this. I'll just take it home. <laughs> so, yeah, he would just take it home. And um, and so then he sold his record collection to my boss. And so that also that was also a big source of records for me when I was growing up. Not a huge source because, you know, I couldn't afford $5 
you know, every week for a record. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah. Come on. I, uh, I would get like, um, I would get free records from Switchback. And sometimes I'd get them from Good Rockin' Tonight because they'd be there. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you want these? Like, okay. <laughs> if you're cool. in the building, you can get stuff. Yeah. yeah you know, cool. so you get that. And also, I would enter like a lot of uh, contests on radio because, mm-hmm. you know, the third and fourth prizes were, and we're just going to give you some records that we've got that we're just getting rid of. So, yeah, that was where most of my records came from. And so it was a lot of random stuff that I was listening to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's, well, if, it, if that source, it's going well, to be. I, I wouldn't go out and buy Joe Jackson, but. Yeah, I got some Joe Jackson. All right, I got this. All right, I got that. Which album? Uh, the one that's black and white cover. One with the shoes, point pointing shoes. Look uh, sharp. It's no, it's him. It's him on the cover. He's looking casual. Oh, is it I'm the Man? Like it has the. I don't know. Let me look. The second album. Ah, let me look. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, you know, they did albums. I don't know. Anyway, I I, I get albums is the thing. Dire Straits. I, I got. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying with the shoes. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe Jackson. Uh, what the was other... the one with Jump and Jive on it? Uh, jump and Jive. All right, Jump and Jive. I got. <laughs> that's a more co- that's a very colorful little cover. So that's why I didn't go. There. Was it? Yeah. I see. It. It's, it's blue. It's, it's got black like and a, white and blue. No, no. You're looking at uh, night, uh, night and day. I think the one with. It uh, says on it Joe out. Jackson's Jump and Jive right about uh, like on the. Well, I. You know what? I'll send you the cover later. <laughs> sure. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight on the air in front yeah, of our Yeah, because I can't friends. see what you're looking at. So No, there's no way you could. I've only been tempted to steal a record once from a, from a place I visited, and that was, uh, I was at CITR, the university radio station, and they had a copy. A copy. I already had the record, or the, t- the two record set, but mine, it was a bon- History of the Bonsos, it was called, the Bonso mm. Duda Band. But the original record, it came with uh, the story of the band inside it, and it was like, you know, you open up the gatefold sleeve and then there was two more pages of pictures oh. and text. But my copy was a reissue where they just left off that part of it. So it only had half of the writing in it, the, the two facing parts of the gatefold. And so I always wanted to have the, those two missing pages. And so I was at CITR one time and I went, oh, they have the history of the bonsos here. So I pulled it out and looked inside and it was like, oh, it's got the pages. Would anyone miss this? No one cares about this record here because they're all too cool for this record now. It's CITR. Yeah, the little devil on your shoulder is getting bigger. Yeah, and then on the other side, I had Goofy there, and he's like, woo-hoo-hoo. No, um, <laughs> I was just like, I'm stealing it. No, I just, I went, oh, no, it's be dishonest to steal a record from a place. Because if someone wanted to play it, then people wouldn't be able to hear it. And I want people to hear this record, so I put it back on the shelf. Because then it was okay, because, I don't know, about 10 years later, I found that at Valley Village, uh, the records were not in very good condition, but it did have, like, a good condition sleeve with the with the pages in it. Yeah. So I was like, mine. And there you go. Reminds me, I uh, I I once uh, stole a potato peeler that was like there was a guy who was doing a display and it was uh, like if you order I don't forget what the thing was but whatever you order you get a potato peeler with it like it's a mm-hmm. potato spiralizer. Okay. And I, uh, okay. And I I took one. Oh, he like. I took one, and then I uh, I, I made it was in New Westminster. Mm-hmm. It was at whatever you know the the mall by the water is. Okay. Behind the keg. And I made it to the door and got the hand on the shoulder. Oh. The old hand on the shoulder. And uh, I was uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> Did he, like, threaten to call the police? or He was uh, threatening. He was very mm-hmm. threatening. But my argument was, you said this was free. Mm. Yeah, I was like, he said it was free. Like, I'm bullshitting, of course. I'm, I'm spinning <laughs> out of control. I got the uh, internal sweats. I'm guilty as shit. You know, you're, you're flushed. You couldn't be hotter. Everything's swimming. It's a bad moment. It's just that it's yeah. You're you're like uh, seasick from guilt. Mm. You're just like and and like oh, this is I'm gonna get 
busted for this. <laughs> uh, so stupid. And I gave it back and uh, feigned indignation. Bullshit. And uh, left. <laughs> Ashamed of it to this day. It's a, it's a, it's still a chill. Is that right? Thinking it's, about it, it's yeah. that you occasionally wake up to it, Nate, and go. Oh. I have been stopped by uh, guards uh, or security guards, but it's always wrong. They're always mm. incorrect. They always okay. thought I, I stole somebody. Those, didn't. Those are your eyes. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Why I? There's one. There's one where like I, I went into a. Uh, like, I remember this from when I was 11. Yeah. I had my bike lock. And for yes. some reason, I, 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 I went inside with my bike lock. My bike's outside. I didn't lock my bike. <laughs> don't know why, but I had my bike lock. And so I... You, I walked, you, didn't want that get, you didn't want that to get stolen. So I went into, yeah, I went into this drugstore and I was, I was going around. And uh, then I thought, ah, I'm not going to buy that thing. Whatever it was. And I left and they're like, hey, you got to pay for that. Like, pay for what? The lock. No, it's mine. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. No, and I'm like an 11 year old kid, but I'm like, I know this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, this is by law. <laughs> no, you stole it. No, and he was like, sure that I stole it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was this big, big argument that he found. Like, well, I'll let you go. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so you should. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, that kind of thing happened a couple of times. Where I'd like, you know, walk into a store dumbly with something that they sold. Mm. And then, you know, I'd be walking eating a chocolate bar into a store that sells chocolate bars. Like, hey, you going to pay for that? Yeah, I did. Well, you didn't pay for it up there. No, it's mine. You can't come in here with a chocolate bar. Mm. I I I briefly went through a shoplifting phase in my late teens. It lasted a little while. I do do remember that phase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never got caught, so I I have no, like, you know... Did you want to get caught? No, I have no regrets about it. Okay. Because I never got caught. So I have, I almost got caught one time when I was selling books. I was in a store in Dawson Creek. I had like a co-op there or whatever. And I decided I needed some socks. So I just shoved them under my coat and I was just walking around with them under my arm, which is my usual, my usual yeah. thing. And then I noticed that people were looking at me, like stark people were looking at me. And I was like, oh, I think someone must be onto this. So I just yeah. like walked along and I just sort of, op- un, you know, un- Loosed them from, yeah, and loosed them. And so they just fell down somewhere and then they stopped me and they searched me and then I didn't have anything on me, but they did not like me and they told me not to come back again. Yep. And I went, all right, fair enough. You got me. I I do remember a couple of times where you came over to my place and and, uh, unloaded your sleeve (laughs) of whatever magazine you had bought, but not bought. And it looked And uh, yeah, I got I got a couple of those memories where I went, hmm, interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I still am not sure, like, how am I supposed to react to this? This person like, has lost bra- his moral compass. Bravo. Yeah, like, yeah. But it was something where, you know, you I knew you wanted to get some reaction from me, but I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> I don't know what I wanted. There was one There was one time, is it okay to, to mention one of the times? Sure. Do you feel uncomfortable with this? I, if you feel uncomfortable with this, it's okay. I don't have to get into it. No, go ahead. Okay. There was one time where uh, you you met me at my work, which is the comic box, and then uh, you know I was I was talking. I think I was complaining about like my coworker stealing yeah. stuff, and I'm like yeah, this guy, you know. And then so you know, at the end of the day, oh, there's forty dollars missing. Yeah. Well, do you think it's me? Think it's me that I you know I know that I'm going to get caught for this. So you yeah. think it's me? Yeah. Fucking all this. And I think I was also complaining at the time about, you know, the person that I was, like, crushing on that it was not working out well. And, uh, and then as we leave, uh, we're going to go get a bus. And then you just, like, drop a Snickers bar out of your sleeve. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, what am I supposed to say about this? <laughs> it's kind of asshole Yeah, just like, uh, I, you know, you were like, uh, here, 
yeah, 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 I took this. Oh. And I, and I was like, just went, I have no idea how I'm supposed to react to this. Like, first of all, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I don't care about this yeah. job. Yeah. I don't know what to blah, blah, blah. And just like, okay. Yeah, you took a, you took a Snickers bar. That's, that's what you did. Yep. I took a Snickers bar from there. Oh, yeah. You stole a Snickers bar from the store that I was working at. And then showed me afterwards that you had the Snicker bar. And then you ate the Snicker bar. And I was like, he wants a reaction. I don't know what it is. What, what do you want? Were you wanting an argument? Were you wanting? Probably. Yeah. Was it, the, was it a confrontation you were going for? I just, I was not in any mood for that at all. And also, I did not give two shits about the Snicker bar. <laughs> well, I, 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 I feel cringy about that. I'll tell you that right now. I had forgotten that story. Thank you for reminding me. That's me. I was like, Jerk, jerk me awake at night okay. with a... <gasps> well, here's something that's important while I eat an almond. <laughs> By the way, Snickers has a really good almond bar. Let me say. Oh, right is that right? Now. Oh, it's a delicious almond bar. Mm. Um, you might want to steal one of those now. <laughs> I don't, don't do that anymore. Uh, no, here's the thing that you got to remember about that is uh, you were a kid. Yeah. So there you go. The end. I know. It's part of... Obviously, it was some sort of acting out thing that I was doing. I was like a good kid growing up. So yeah. probably that was like my, my little rebellion that... I don't know. I can't explain it. It's it, no. Everyone's got a rebellion. It lasted thing. for a while, and then I was just like, "Yeah, this is kind of scummy." Blech. Yeah, that's yeah. part of that's part of the thing. Yeah, it's okay. It's not a big. I, I don't look back on it and go, "God damn, <laughs> that bastard." I, I I look back on it and go like, "There was something you needed." Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I still don't know what it is. And you're probably far enough away from it that you don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, no, it's really. But it definitely <laughs> was something that you wanted. Huh. That's cute. I don't know what it. I don't know what it was. It because, certainly explains why you rejected my original name of Snicker Dragon for the for the podcast, though. Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that explains a lot. I'm trying to think if I ever stole a chocolate bar from uh, from that store. Probably not. Probably just out of malice for the guy who was stealing. I was going. I'm not going to steal a damn thing. <laughs> I'm I'm going to bring my own Snicker bars, and I'm going to put them in. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, you can you can rationalize lots of things when you're when you want to. So I'm sure that I had I had some way to excuse my behavior. How about you're kidding? You're crazy. How about you got hormones <laughs> shooting through you? And you're and you're and you're literally when you're a teenage yeah. boy or girl, you're nuts. Yeah, but I mean, when you're in the midst of it, you don't. You can't, that's not an excuse. You know, you have a different reason for it. You know. You're not thinking of hormones because that's not exist. That doesn't exist for you then. How about you just want to feel something? I guess, or you just want you just want things. You want a reaction, maybe. Any reaction is better than no reaction. Yeah. You know what? What? However, I'm going to react. That's good. <laughs> Except probably how I reacted, which was. Meh. <laughs> Let's go see a movie. Let's go see a movie. Excuse me. I'm just gonna. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse what are we gonna do? Buy buy candy at the movie theater? I'm not that rich. I was never that rich. <laughs> I'm still never that rich. Don't have that. Yeah, Lisa is not a. Lisa doesn't like popcorn in the movies. She likes um, Twizzlers. She likes uh, licorice. Do you think that back, say you're going to the Marx Brothers movies back in the past? Mm-hmm. Do you think that candy was the equivalent of being marked up in the way that candy is marked up now for the, the theater? Movie? Yeah. Well, that's a good question because the theaters then were different, right? They were owned by the movie studios, so you know they. They were just, they were there as like a place for them to put their movies, you know. So they would make money off of the uh, actual theaters, yeah. whereas movie theaters don't really make their money off the movies. Yeah. Now they make money off the snacks. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why they have to jack up the cost of all the snacks. Maybe that's part of it. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they make money off the movie. They just don't make as much yeah. as they want to. Is what they're t- what they're telling you. But the cost of popcorn, our shareholders. But the cost of popcorn is insane. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, popcorn and a drink is like fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I, I usually pay for the movies when I go out with friends, and then sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, I'll get the snacks." I'm like easy now. I don't. I don't feel like you're getting the better. <laughs> I feel like I'm ripping you off. Like if I get two things mm-hmm. for real, mm-hmm. like it just especially if it's on a Tuesday or something. Like easy, easy now. <laughs> you know, I it's true. I can't get butter. It's true, and I guess, I guess. My feeling about it is that I love that so much as part of the experience that I'm willing to pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. like I have a friend who goes to the movies, and his his thing is like sneaking some beer with in a backpack and drink to have a beer during the movie, okay. which is fine. But that's not my experience of going to the movies. Like I want to have that feeling of I have a pop and popcorn at the movies. You know, that's like my favorite feeling. At you know, I just, sure. that's, you know that whole sense part of the experience. And then when I go to like the Cottonwood Cinemas in Chilliwack, which is like a small family-owned theater, there, you know, I when I'm buying the popcorn and stuff for that inflated price, I'm thinking, oh, well, at least I'm supporting the theater, mm-hmm. and it'll always be here for me, or hopefully it'll be here yep. for a while yet, you know. Like a small popcorn is six dollars at Cineplex. Mm. A medium is six fifty. That's how they get you. It's like, well, I'm just going to go up the extra. Yeah, yeah. Cents. Why yeah. would you get a small? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your large is seven dollars. And then wow. you, hey, do you want some butter on that? Well, that's going to be a buck. What, you want layered butter? Well, that's going to be two bucks. Really? It's, it's a two bucks for layered? I believe so. If wow. it's one buck for for regular butter, mm-hmm. it's got to be more for layered, right? That sucks. Yeah. So that's like your $9 popcorn then. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Popcorn. And you haven't added a soda yet. Yeah, no, that's another four fifty or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know... Theoretically, you could just put those things into a backpack and walk into the theater with them. Not the same, though. It's not the same. No, that's right. The popcorn isn't the same. You know, for one thing, it's just going to be popcorn twist or something. It's not going to be <laughs> actual popcorn unless you buy like smart popcorn. But then it's not the same. It's whatever. Now, if you got a bag of uh, M and M's, yeah, that's going to be the fun. that's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so your friend who brings beer, yeah, they bring a can of beer, yeah, and they got to do that soft uh, opening of. Yeah, the- I guess you wait till you wait till yeah the movie op- starts whatever. Because nothing sounds more clear than that when someone's opening a can of beer in a movie theater. You just wait till someone in the movie is opening a can of beer. You just time <laughs> it perfectly. Yeah, you got to go see Sp- Strange Brew. There's like a there's like a website you go to and it tells you where you can open a can of beer during the movie. Just so often I've been at movie theaters and you hear that can opening mm-hmm. and it's just like it's the loudest. Sound. <laughs> it's very loud. Yeah. Although there was a couple who were. <laughs> Who were shot at a theater in the states Ooh. a couple days a couple days ago, and no one heard the sound. Now they were at the Purge Forever, so it probably like was obscured by other gunfire yeah, during that the makes movie. Sense. But yeah, like a person shot them from behind, a man and a woman, Ooh. and the woman died, but the man is in the hospital. Ugh. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. This random. And it was at the movie The Purge. Purge Forever, yeah. Well, that's a bad movie to die at. Regardless. Really, isn't it? Yeah. If you had to die at a movie, what movie would you like to die at? <laughs> Heaven can wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is, no, that's again. It's completely you? tragic. No disrespect to no, anyone no. involved, but you know they got to the afterlife and went. How did it end? And and Saint Peter went. Well, you've seen the other Purge movies. Yeah, right? that's right. you know yeah. how it ended. Yeah, this guy wants to know how it ended. 
<laughs> I remember, well, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I remember saying that to some, I think it was during when I was in EFM and I said, during one of the, we were talking about something one time and I don't know how it came up. And then I was like, oh, that's something I always think about. Like if there's something I really want to see, like a movie's coming out, I'm like, man, I hope I don't die because then I won't see the movie. And the, the other two people were like, or the, they're like, what? And like, don't you think that? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, I guess you're looking forward to death more than I am, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I, uh, I, as a kid, I remember thinking that about comics was just like, I can't die. Yeah. I want to see how this storyline is going to play. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Because see what's going to happen. I've thought about it, the dumbest things in the world. I remember there used to be like this series of philosophy essays in the back of the comics journal for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I just remember reading them and really enjoying them and going, man, I hope I don't die before this series is finished. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, strange things that you... My, my wife's doing a cover for the comics journal now oh wow uh, yeah cool and uh it's it just just thinking of that it's just going that's weird that's weird, <laughs> that's, weird. Yeah, that's great it is weird but that's, that's great. like that's like you know like yeah <laughs> like i never yeah i always wanted to be in the comics journal never got the chance you you were reviewed in the comics journal but yeah. i never was i was hit yeah hit listed for uh, 86th yeah yeah which is great right but yeah i always wanted that was like always my like oh that'd be so good. i never knew what 86 meant and then I watched an episode of Elementary, and they explained it. Eighty-sixth. Yeah. Do you so, know what it is? No. So it, it, was, uh, it was. There was a bar. Yeah. And uh, they were speakeasy. Yeah. And then uh, if the cops were coming, they would uh, shuffle everyone uh, out, and there was like a secret tunnel that would lead you to an address that was like eighty-six. Okay. And so you get eighty-six, and you would like everyone would would, would end up going outside of uh, you know uh, of the uh, Exit like a residential places. place yeah. or whatever it looked yeah. like. Yeah, they all pour out of eighty six. So you, you got eighty six of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. So how does that relate to? Uh, no, I'm just joking. Because yours is about Expo eighty six. Expo eighty six, and yeah. also you know everything was failing in it. Yeah, fire, fired, <laughs> fired four times. Which again is so strange. But again, now I look back and go like, I was a kid. I was a kid. I was a, yeah. Yeah, you think it's weird because you remember it, and you remember it like you were a person. But you weren't. You were a kid, mm-hmm. and you were crazy. We have talked about that. Just, just yeah. Like you think, oh, I've made it. Oh, I got hired for this comedy thing. I've made it. Yeah. All, this is how it goes, this baby. Is, <laughs> this is how it goes. Onward and upward. According to plan. Onward and upward. <laughs> Crash. That was yeah. That's back when you had the perception of just like. What do you want to do for a living? This thing. Well, you start doing it, and you keep doing it, you get more doing it, and there you go, and you do it forever. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think people necessarily think that anymore. Think like, yeah, I got to do a bunch of jobs, got a bunch of things. You know, if you're going to be a doctor, yeah, you're probably going to be a doctor, you know, for, yeah, forever. I, I can't but, see too many doctors going, you know what, I feel like working in a bowling alley. But you might, you might change your specialty. You might shift it up and then... Could be, or, then, yeah, or you just change how what you do. You know, you become a teaching doctor, or you become yeah. A, yeah. Or like, there's a guy I know, and now he's like uh, completely changed his field, and now he's an anxiety doctor, and he's written a book, and he's doing videos, and he's doing all this other stuff, and yeah, he's also a stand-up, hmm. an anxiety doctor. Okay, yeah, interesting. He has some he has some theories about how anxiety works that are that are really interesting, and so he's sort of pursuing those, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. Uh, Russell, oh. Russell Davies. Yeah, Russell Davies. Comedian. That's, uh, that's his name. Comedian and sorry doctor. to look up one more thing, but uh, I call him Russell. So oh, sorry, uh, Russell Peters, comedian and and uh, and Indian detective and doctor. That has a lot. Wears a lot of hats. All right. One of them a deer stalker. 
Russell Kennedy, Dr. Russell Kennedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy. And Any relation to John F. Kennedy? Not, not that I'm aware of. And his book is called Anxiety Rx. So there you are. His book is called Anxiety Rx. Yep. Okay. What not sure R- if you're supposed to say prescription. Anxiety yeah, what does Rx stand for? Oh, boy. <laughs> you're, you're getting me back onto the thing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't want to put you back on the computer. but yeah. it's for, uh, Oh, it's a horrible swear. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah. Rex Morgan. Uh, it's a Latin word. Yeah. Okay. It's a stand-in for a Latin word, recipe, yeah. which means to take. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. Really? So it's just recipe, like the Rx yeah. is the word Basically itself. recipe, yeah. It's, oh. a, it's a Latin word translation that oh. uh, has an oh. Rx in it. So it means to take. Yeah, recipe to take. So prescription. Hmm. And now you know. Now I know. So we were talking earlier about my going to the cabin. We kind of went off yes. on the bodies of water and yeah. stuff like that. But... Uh, it's uh, yeah it's sort of it's one of those things where you like i just feel super busy right now for no particular reason i think because of the bathroom sort of looming over me i haven't done a lot of work in the bathroom folks Uh, sorry so you're going to a cabin with no bathroom at all going to a cabin just taking shits in the lake (laughs) that's right in front of other people while i stare at them in the eye (laughs) defiant (laughs) no it's uh it's just you know like it's the same look he used to shoplift. <laughs> That's right. It's... He wants some reaction. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Does it's he just... have a Snickers with him? Nope. Oops. That's... I don't know. Why would he be carrying it there? Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's... Yeah, I just feel really, really busy. And so it just feels weird to be, like, stepping away from it just to go, to go away. Like, But the girls really wanted to go, and they were like, you got to come, Dad. So I was, okay, I'll... I'll come. Who takes care of the chickens when you're gone? Uh, Lisa's staying home. She didn't. She's not too into going to the cabin. She doesn't like. Almost she doesn't like water sports. But that's uh, terrible. Anyway, she, uh, she doesn't like. She doesn't enjoy like the water. She doesn't like tubing very much. She doesn't enjoy swimming all that much. She's kind of scared of the water a bit. Sure. And although she just told me she's scared of fire as well, so I, I don't know. I just leave a lot of elements left for her. But yeah, see if wind and earth. Yeah, so she got left. Doesn't like the banners, wind, and fire. And she's, yeah, she, I hope she's okay with wind. And For some reason, I had this image of, of like the chickens coming with you and putting little <laughs> scarves on their head like they were old women just tied up underneath their necks. And they're just like, just in the back of the car, just all excited to be going on holiday. Yeah. I have the window down for them. Yep. They're like dogs. Hiding their uh, eggs in a very uh, new place. <laughs> they're really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, Lisa's going to stay home and uh, and tend tend the old homestead, so that's that's fine. Because yeah, it's actually it's weird. Like you don't like yesterday we were going to come over here, mm-hmm. so we had a little Sparks party. We had a little Sparks party for uh, we finished the the third book, uh, Sparks book, Future Perfect. Yeah, and so uh, uh, Nina was over through Dragon, Nina Matsumoto, and her uh, husband Bob. Yep. We're, we're here, and you were here with uh, your wife, Lisa. That's great. I brought my wife, uh, Pia, because she lives here. <laughs> She's been very invited. Vicky was also here. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. And so, yeah, so I said, like, I think, I think, I said, well, we'll be there around quarter to seven or something like that. That was like, I was just trying to, like, ballpark a time. But, you know, you get home, and then I had a shower because I was filthy from work from yesterday. Yeah. I had a quick shower, jump out, 
Lisa's home. We're collecting stuff together. But then you're like, oh, we better feed the dogs before he goes. So then you're like dealing with the dogs, letting them out, have a pee and do this and that. Like bring them in, feed them, get the chickens settled, <laughs> you know, like get some food for them. Uh, I, I like to change their water every day because I don't like their water sure. being stale. Turn so on their I, tiny TV. Fresh water. And they always come over and drink. It's so cute. And then, uh, then, then Risa shows up. She's she wants some food. So then you're dealing with Risa. We're like, well, we're we not even get there till seven or something. So it was true. We weren't there till seven. It's just yeah, it's just weird. And that's what Lisa said too. She goes, "Cause it's strange. Like you think, oh, we're gonna, you know, it's this time. And then you know, you suddenly look at the clock and it's like quarter to seven. What's going on? Yeah, it's life." Did not notice that you were in any way late, and there was no late to be. We no, all, there was really late. We're just all just sitting in the back uh, backyard. Shooting, but you shooting just want to like get somewhere. You yeah. Know? But everyone else is like, no, we don't want you to get anywhere. We're going to drive in front of you really slowly. Mm. If it's okay with you, it's not. But the important thing is you brought cake and you brought some nice fruit. We did. Some nice treats. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I still have some at home to eat. Mm-hmm. I got some over here in the, the, the fridge. I also got some of the cake I made. I felt bad that I was making a cake, but I was like, I really wanted to try. I had Oh, yeah, no, idea. it was a good cake. Yeah, I had an idea for how to make a cake based on our character Potato mm-hmm. from uh, Sparks. Yeah. And uh, and I think I made a fairly decent looking owl instead. <laughs> so that all worked out. It looked great. Yeah. You know, I thought it looked like Potato. I thought it looked like potato, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, it reminded me like of my mom making like those kind of elephant-shaped slab cakes when I was a kid. You know, where you like, you know, you make like a couple of cake. You know, the the half of a two two-tier cake, and then you you cut it up so that you can make yep. an elephant out of it and all that stuff. That's great. Yeah, why not make a sailboat? Make a sailboat. Why not? It tells tells you how to do it right in the Betty Crocker book. Yeah. I was trying to look at like what what Sparks character I could make, and then it was like, yeah, potato makes the most sense. I think this <laughs> I think this might work. Yeah, this will work fine. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like, how do you frost a cake? Why doesn't it just tear up the top of the cake? No, this is okay, and it worked. All right, fine. How do you make it smooth? How do people do things? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, make sure your uh, icing has locked has flow. Your icing has flow. Yeah, you got to make sure that it you know like it's not like super yeah dense you know like. like yeah, get it, get it li- a little liquidy, not too liquidy, of course. It's, yeah, it is a real delicate thing, isn't yeah. it? You gotta be careful because you do it like too, a little too thick, and all of a sudden it tears the top of the cake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, well, yeah, forget game about over, it. man. Game over. <laughs> game you can over. maybe flip the cake over and yeah. try again. Sure, sure, possibly. You look like a damn fool. <laughs> I bought a second, like I made it. I use a mix. Yeah, but like I bought a second mix just in case I completely fucked it up. Mm. Yeah. What, what mix did you buy? Uh, it was it was Betty Crocker Dunk. Uh, Betty Crocker uh, Devil's Food. I think Betty Crocker makes the best. Damn right. Uh, table like a you know yeah. re- recipe from a box. Uh, in fact, I prefer recipe from a box cake to uh, homemade cakes. Yeah, I've I've got a pretty good recipe I can make with chocolate chips that you know you melt down and it's really good. Yeah. But look, man, there's only so much time in life. There's almost so much time in life. Yeah. And I gotta I gotta clean the house. I got people coming over, That's and right. we're not going to be inside the house. But I gotta <laughs> clean the house, even though people aren't going to be in the house. But I gotta clean it. Turns out we were in the house a little bit. A little bit. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. We only had to clean two rooms. So uh, it's all good. We cleaned, we got three floors. I cleaned two of the floors. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Pretty solid. Yeah. Sure, sure. And oh. of course, you, you're just timing it because, like, uh, you're like, well, the cat's got to take a big shit right before people show up. <laughs> so I got to time this perfectly because it's always like the 10 minutes before company comes over. Yeah. And blarp. <laughs> like, okay. Let's deal with that. And uh, oh, well. run some fire around the room. But if you don't have people over, then the hostess gets messy. 
So it's better to just have people over every once in a while. Then it, it's the good incentive to clean up that clutter. We did. Uh, here's a spoiler for an upcoming uh, Mannequin on the Moon cartoon. <laughs> uh, it's it's a couple having uh, fr- uh, friends come over, yeah. and the place is a mess, and 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 them basically saying, uh, you know, uh, we just want to let you know where it's a mess because we're messy people, and we got to either clean the place or just let you know that. So, <laughs> yeah. So I had to go with that. Yeah. That's well. I mean, we have like this built-in excuse right now that we have no bathroom. There you go. So it's like, why do you have a dresser in your room in your your dining room? Well, because our bathroom. I don't know if that explains why a dresser is in our in our dining room, but our bathroom's taken apart. So yeah, we have two things going on because Mary's redoing her bedroom. Okay. So she has her dresser sitting in the dining ah, room. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense because like yeah. the bathroom <laughs> should not affect the dresser unless there's a dresser. But you know what? It's bathroom. fine. It's an all encompassing excuse. And I gotta say, there have been times where I've gone into a women's washroom. Yeah. And there's been couches. Mm. And there's been like a vanity. Sure. And there's been other stuff. I've never seen a dresser though. No. But there's been everything but. That's <laughs> well, I guess if you need storage space for, because one one thing I've learned, like, is I've I traditionally had my bathroom downstairs. Okay. That's where I had my shower and stuff like that. And, and then as the girls grew up, they began having showers, and so we share that space. Okay. Now there's four of us sharing that space, and I've noticed that there's a lot of other things that accompany people coming into your your bathroom like, sure that it's not just them yeah you get like a myriad of hair products and not just shampoo you get five kinds of shampoo yeah <laughs> several different conditioners some detangler some other things i don't know what they are and then there's a lot of like loofah things in our yeah there's a there's a, a real need for loofahs now <laughs> yeah apparently i'm just like a soap it up guy you know i just sure. grab a piece of soap soap put soap around myself and then i'm done that seems perfectly adequate. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Actually, you know what's weird? Speaking of soap, I was reading in the paper today, and do you know who? Do you know Dax Shepard? Yes, he's like an unfunny comedian. <laughs> but he has a podcast. He's, uh, apparently, yeah, he's uh, married to uh, uh, the Good Place. Uh, yes, uh, that's right. Yes, yeah. Veronica Mars. Yeah, nice, nice lady. Gave my wife an award once. Oh, very nice. Yeah, she's very nice. And so, I wish I could think of her name, but I know what she means. Begins with a K. Kimberly Rue. No, that's the one of the one of the. She's a he's a guitar player in Katrina and the Waves. Yeah. Never. Anyway, so apparently on this podcast that he does. Yeah, so it's kind of a self help podcast. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. They were they were talking about. She was not a part of this conversation, but uh, Ashton Kutcher was on with Mila Kunis. Okay. And another lady who I didn't know, who's like the co-host, I guess, with with Dak Shepard. Oh, right. The unfunny comedian. Okay. And so, um, but three of them, except for this co-host, were all saying that they don't use soap when they have a shower because they don't want to wash the oil off their body. Yeah, I know that type. Okay, go ahead. Continue. And I was reading this and I started reading to Lisa and I said, do people not realize that our body produces endless amounts of oil? Like, you can wash it off. It will come back again. You, I, I there's not a, like a reserve of oil in your body. I think their worry is possibly uh, too much oil. Will arrive on their body, or that yeah, they will... it's like if you uh, if you're if you're scrubbing off the oil, your yeah. body's gonna make more oil. Okay, uh, but if you keep the oil, yeah, it just it's, it's gonna it just turns rancid and it's okay. I maybe or maybe just rancid. I, I I was told this by my friend uh, Ellie. Okay, who was an actor. Uh, you mm-hmm. might know as Morticia from the new Adam sure. family. I know I know Ellie and many uh, many other things. But she said that about like washing your face. 
Uh, never use soap when you're washing your face. Oh. Just wash your face with water, mm. uh, and uh, your skin will be better. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, Dave. I, I don't use soap on my face. I told you that, Dave. Yes, you might be Ellie, <laughs> but she also told us. Okay, yeah, I told you that a long time ago when we were doing that political uh, TV show. Wow, that is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then I I was told it from two sources. Yeah. And I took the advice from the pretty lady with really good skin. Because <laughs> well, I, I don't have the greatest skin. Not, 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 I'm no, not putting fine. down your skin. No, it's fine. I don't Dave, have great Dave, skin. Dave, I'm not putting down your skin. I, you, have, you have fine skin. No, I, for, I don't have fine no, skin. No, 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 no. Yeah. You do. You have fine skin mm. for a gentleman who's in the real world. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but mm-hmm. this was a pretty lady yeah. who had a TV series. Sure. And she was giving me skin advice. Yeah. And? Yeah. That's who I listened to. Sure. I, 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 I remember you telling me that I was right. Yeah. A couple other while later, you said, Dave, you're right. It's, I, I wasn't actually, I was saying you shouldn't use like that kind of soap. There is better soap for your, for your face. And stuff yeah. Like I never that. use soap at all, except for shaving. I'll, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, of course, use shaving, shaving cream because my beard grows crazy. So, um, <laughs> so you believe no, so, no soap for your face, but soap definitely for your body. Yeah. I mean, I do use a cleanser on my face. I just don't use like a, because the problem with like, like Irish Spring and stuff like that. It's they're very abrasive. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, they're very yeah, abrasive yeah. and they make may make my face as red as a beet. Right. And there's other ones that leave like a they'll leave like a residue and that can cause breaking out because the soap is in the pores. So so how do these uh, these actors mm-hmm. not stink? What do they do? <laughs> uh, well, uh, Ashton Kutcher said that he uh, does wash his pits and his uh, crotch area with okay. with soap. So I guess it's the rest of me doesn't do. Like I just I you know I just I don't get it like. I just don't understand this new thinking. Because someone else was at work was telling me that he was watching a video and some guy was saying that you don't have to wash your hair. Oh, I've heard you that. Because once again, you're just washing the oil out and yeah, then replacing it with something else. I've heard else. this nonsense. Yeah. And I just I said to him, "Well, you're always washing. Like we're always producing oil in our hair. Like that's just yeah. unless you have like really dry hair, you you have oily hair. Like this really you, feels like a person's so going to end up with a hair, head full of bees." <laughs> Like it's just it's just gonna go there. And it just depends what you do with your life. Like, you know, if you're like a guy who just stays inside all the time and doesn't do very much, you can probably get away with that. Sure. But if you're outside and you know in the air where there's like stuff in the air and it goes into your hair and the sun dries your hair out, you sh- you really should be like treating your hair. Mm-hmm. You can't just like just let it turn into this massive split ends. And <laughs> yeah, my hair has changed because really I, I do swim every day. So like. Uh, it's, it definitely does dry out more than, uh, than I did before. And mm-hmm. I do use conditioner more than I ever did before. Yeah. But like, uh, when I was in junior high school, ah, we're going back there. Um, <laughs> I was not the cleanest, uh, hair guy. I think, I think I just, I like my, I, I, see, I look back on pictures of myself and my hair was greasy just mm-hmm. cause you know, I didn't care about anything. Yeah. Who knew? And I was like, I was a baby seconds ago, Yeah, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden puberty makes you awful and gross. Mm. Uh, but yeah, my hair was so greasy that when I started taking care of it, it was like, I gotta, I gotta wash this every day. I gotta take, get this, get this under control. <laughs> and if I don't, I feel, I do feel gross. Like if I don't shampoo my hair yeah. every day. No, it's, ugh. I mean, I, I'm a very oily person, you know, yeah. that's oily hence my life of thievery. Yeah. Oily to rise. But also, oily to rise. But, uh, yeah. So I mean, I have to like take care of that, you know, I just cannot, I just can't leave it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering. Yeah, what what they do if they don't? Yeah, I'm glad he does wash his under. But it feels like the kind of thing where like you know then they'll just put like silver bars underneath their armpits or something and hold them for a while, <laughs> absorb the smell or some that's, certain. You know, that's right. Yeah, stalactites. 
you know, yeah, that's the other thing. between their butt cheeks and... Uh, that's the other thing. They're actors. Like, how much are they really sweating? Not very much. Fine. Not doing anything. Well, I guess unless they're going to the gym. Yeah, that's they do go to the gym yeah. constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. I, yeah, it is, it's a, it's just strange to me, but okay, yeah. whatever. Spe- speaking of actors, I'm, I'm glad to... I was worried about uh, Bob Odenkirk this, uh, this last couple of days. Oh. Where, did you hear about this? No. Oh, we had a heart attack on the... On the set of uh, Better Call Saul. Really? Yeah. It was about uh, it was about a day of like no notice as to what was going on, but wow. his son uh, posted that he's he's it's sta- well they posted he was in stable condition and his son reiterated that he's doing okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a scary time for 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 a while there where it was like yeah they knew something heart related but no one was reporting on it and and everyone was just uh, saying how much they love Bob Odenkirk and it's like it, he he really is one of these people that. People really, really mm-hmm. love and and coming at it from all these different angles, you know, uh, from Mr. Show or the Conan O'Brien or, you know, he, he's, he's one of these people that is so supportive of every sketch comedy show. And you'll see him mm. guest starring on all these things. Yeah. And he's always he's always promoting. He's always pushing. Uh, I got to work briefly with him on a live show. and He was really, really sweet. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad he's doing all right. You know, but it was it was this moment of just like no, you know, no, not him, no, yeah. no, that's not no, not at all. <laughs> yes, but he got he he was after he did all that training for nobody. Well, that's the thing. He was he was doing. You mean yeah, the movie called Nobody. It sounds yeah. like you're saying he did all the training for nobody oh, and okay. wasn't able to use it. Um, but yeah, he was training very very hard. And who the heck knows yeah, what yeah. does anything and anything? Which son was it with it, Kirk or Odin? Oh, that is a very good question. Okay. I'm not sure. I just like the idea that he has a son named Odin, Odenkirk, and Kirk, Odenkirk. Anyway, oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's making jokes. That's, Actually, you're just making Dave. To, yeah. You know what? You're I making gotta, you're making jokes. I got to find the late side. You're having this, so. you're having fun. Here's my Bob Odenkirk story for where we were back. Sure, sure, please. At uh, at our thing, uh, he's talking about like trying to do comedy, but he also was just trying to spend more time with his kids mm. and all this kind of thing. And uh, and one of my friends. Uh, said to said to him, uh, you know, Tommy Chong uh, tours with his uh, family with his wife, and uh, and uh, David Cross uh, put his hand on my friend's shoulder and just went, uh, Tommy and uh, Bob have uh, different lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was just listening to a. I just listened to a podcast with Bob Odenkirk uh, where he discussed his favorite album, which is The Replacements. Sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. Oh. Which I thought was pretty, it was a cool, which is a great album, so it was a cool choice by him. And it was a good conversation with him. Yeah. Talked about all kinds of stuff, but a lot of it was replacement-centered because of his love of the band. But but all, you know, he mentioned like David Cross and saying David Cross is, is a, he said David Cross is a contrarian. You know, mm-hmm. he'll always take the opposite uh, Whatever you say, he'll he'll take the opposite p- opinion, you know, and then he'll change his mind later on. Yep. And then have a different point of view. He says, "I always," he says, "I always enjoy those sort of people," which I thought was kind of an interesting because <laughs> he's not that way. He said, "It takes me a while to like formulate an opinion of something," you know. Whereas David just t- sort of reacts against everything. Oh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was yeah. a good interview. Yeah, Bob Bob Odenkirk. When you start going back and just go, man, he had his hand in like everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. some of the sketches that you know, uh, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, the uh, down by the river guy, uh, the Chris Farley character. I forget Matt oh, really? Foley. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They actually uh, did that sketch in at Second City. 
Oh, I see. That's that was where they developed that mm. sketch, and they brought it to Saturday Night Live. Wow. But yeah, Bob Odenkirk did all these sketches for Saturday Night Live that if you saw them, you go like, "Oh yeah, that's a great sketch. That's a great sketch." That's yeah, great yeah, sketch. yeah. Then when then when Conan O'Brien started, he was like a big part of of that show mm. and establishing that you know, kind of mindset. Yeah. And uh, while still doing a lot of live shows, mm-hmm. you know, of his of his own, uh, he had one that was a poster where it was like half his face was a clown, and the post and the show was called Half My Face Is a Clown. <laughs> and then they started doing the live Mr. Show shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course he was part of the the Ben Stiller show. Mm-hmm. That's you know, right. Where That's he right. did uh, Manson. That's right. Yeah, so good. The really good uh, Lassie uh, parody with uh, Manson. It's like Manson, what is it? What are you trying to tell us, man? Manson. That was great. And I was listening. Actually, I was listening to Paul F. Tompkins uh, on the Andy Richter Three Questions podcast, and he was talking about doing Mr. Show because he was originally signed on as a writer. Mm-hmm. For Mr. Show, he and another guy were doing sketch comedy, and they got they got hired by Mr. Show, which he said was just like so amazing because we were such huge fans. And he said, you know, quite often Bob and David would take the sketches and be like, "Do you mind if we rewrite this?" And they'd be like, "Well, you know, what can we say, you know?" And he said, "And never was it not improved by their rewriting oh, the sure. sketches, you know." And, but they always made it clear why they did it and why you know, like why they were making those choices to help you improve what you were doing. I thought that was really really interesting yeah he was a big supporter of uh people like uh tim and eric mm-hmm. uh, kind of got that show done yeah he had uh he had this other show that uh that he was he was pushing he uh, mentioned public. tim and eric during the, yeah. <laughs> during the, the, bir- the birthday boys that was another sketch comedy show mm. that uh, he was he was doing and uh and yeah yeah he did it he did a couple of things where he directed movies that weren't great uh, it was like uh, I think it was like Let's Go to Prison was one of them, and I'm trying to remember what the other, the Brothers Solomon I think was another one. I, I have a book um, by David Cross and Bob Odenkirk yeah. given to me by our mutual. Oh, and also sorry, Larry Sanders show was on too. Oh, that's right. It's his agent. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, you just keep going like, oh yeah, and he was in that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he was in that. He was in that. Yeah, I have a book. Uh, so this is a collection of scripts that they wrote that were un, you know, never made. But they put it out as a. But it was given to me by our mutual friend Mike Roth. Gave it to me, so he just got it as like a sample at the bookstore he worked at. So you might enjoy this. I have the audio version of that. Oh, okay, they actually, uh, oh, cool. did, did the sketches. Wow, let me need to hear. Mm-hmm. Talented people. He, yeah, he just recently appeared in. Um, I think he should leave the Netflix mm. series as well, and that's okay. that's a sketch that uh, got played a bit while people were waiting for news uh, on how he okay. was. Okay, there's a little bit of. Uh, it's a kind of a touching sketch as well as mm. you know just a just a funny thing and then and then when people found out he was all right they they put up the uh scene from uh, little women where oh, all right. the little women are waiting and, and then he comes in and they're like, hey are you in? <laughs> it's like you all my little women hey you said the title of the movie it's the best thing and mary went yes yeah. <laughs> taught well by her dad who insisted in fact, I, I never do that. I taught when they were, when the girls were younger. I always I was just sort of half joking. I just told them, you know, Penn and Teller have a rule that when the name of the movie is spoken, then you have to go yes. And uh, I was just kidding around, but Mary took that to heart. And oh sure, sure. She well, there's never a movie that doesn't go by where she'll go, won't go. Yes, you're ruining much. Juno. <laughs> so only once. You only do it once. Okay, that's good. Yeah, he was also good in Nebraska. I have not seen Nebraska. Oh, it's a treat. The Alexander that's worth, Payne that's well worth film. Seeing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what we're that's what we're seeing. So there you for go. some reason, I skipped The Descendants and Nebraska, oh. and went right to uh, Downsizing, which I enjoyed. 
Okay. I, I really like downsizing. So I like Descendants as well. Yeah. I've not seen it, so I okay. need to. Well, I need to catch up on my Alexander Payne. Well, we're gonna start doing movie nights here, so if you want to you know, make <laughs> a suggestion, right. I'll make a suggestion. Let's... We're right now trying to figure out a way of like we're gonna do it for the most part in the backyard if we can. Okay. Well, that's the best place to keep me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're just trying to get the sound right now. Mm. So we're gonna try and really loud, so all the neighbors will love you. Well, the first one we're gonna try is we're gonna try Jaws. Because our friend uh, Nina has not seen Jaws mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's a movie that should be seen. But it's got a lot of... It does have a lot of action in that movie. Yeah, and just a bit of nudity off the top that you forget about. And then you're like, oh yeah, there's nudity off the top. Can I suggest a film? Yeah, of course. The Gold Rush. Oh, all right. Quite quiet. Okay. Yeah. Just have to hire a piano player. Okay, well, we, I, I know a piano player. <laughs> Don't shoot him. Wait a second. Are yeah. you asking to be the piano player? No. Apparently it's quite dangerous. I just said don't shoot the piano player. So Okay. It's apparently quite a dangerous job. And he was the villain in uh, Incredibles 2. Was I? No. Bob Unkirk. Oh. No. Yes. Yes, he was. For sure he was. I thought the sister was the villain in Incredibles 2. Well, there's a guy that looks exactly like Bob Unkirk that's in the movie. He's a villain in uh, Incredibles 2. Huh, okay. Apparently I don't remember and I saw it twice. Okay. You, is he played by Bob Odenkirk? Yeah. But isn't he like the guy who's like a fan of the of the Incredibles? Are you thinking of the first Incredibles movie? No, I'm thinking of the second Incredibles movie where like they get hired by this guy who wants to, you know, re- bring superheroes back into the back into. Yeah, he's a superhero fan who leads a giant telecommunications company mm-hmm. called Dev DevTech with his sister. He wants to bring back superheroes. So you're saying he's not a villain in this? He's not a villain. No, the sister is the one who's. All right then. Okay, sorry, I was remembering him as a villain because you know, uh, if you're going to hire Bob Odenkirk, why aren't you making him the villain? But okay. <laughs> Is the enthusiast, which uh, Bob Odenkirk can also play the enthusiast quite well. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, and who played Edna Mode? The uh, filmmaker himself. Hey, okay. <laughs> Brad, Brad Bird. Okay, and because it's a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. here's the here's the question. Yep. Who did John Ratzenberger play? The Mole Man. Oh, you, whose name was? Uh, You're right. He was a mole-like villain. Oh, okay, but he's not. He's not the mole man. He's not the mole man because that is passport. No, that's right. He is the under. The under. The under. You're almost there. Just get there. Just get there. The under. Oh boy, howdy. Oh, you're so mentally constipated. (laughs) Oh, you just gotta get it out. Come on. The under. Come on. The underwhelmer. No, the under. Yep. Achiever. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. The under. The under. Uh, what's he? Uh, what's he playing? Uh, the under something? Uh, under? Damn it! Underdog? Uh, nope. 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 Not the underdog. Undertaker? Nope. Nope. He's the under. I can't, can't get into a bar because he's a. <laughs> the underminer. He's yeah. undermining the city. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. He's yes. the underminer. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Who does he, he play in Toy Story? He's the. He is. I was going to say a dinosaur, but he's not a dinosaur. It's Wallace Shawn. Uh, yeah. He is um, the piggy bank, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Named piggy bank. <laughs> I don't know. Ham. Ham, okay. Yep. <laughs> and he's not in the movies anymore, though. Is he not? No. Why did he, uh, why is he not in the movies anymore? They stopped at some, uh, I think the last, at some point, one of the movies, one of the recent movies, they stopped using him as a, as a totem. Okay. So he's not been in since, um, name some movies that he's in, more recent ones. Oh, movies, like more recent, uh, like Soul? He's not in Soul. No, nope. maybe it's from Soul that he's not in movies now. I don't know. Oh wait a second, 
uh, he was not credited in the main cast or additional voices. However, it was later confirmed by the co-director that Ratzenberg's appearance was not a voice role, but instead a tribute as a non-speaking background character in the film was animated with his likeness. Mm. So he w- did not s- speak, but he was he was there. In Seoul? And, uh, in Seoul, that's okay. right. Though he is not in uh, uh, Luca or Luca? No, he's not in Luca either. No, That's he's, right. Because, w- yeah, when we saw Luca, I was like, oh, where was John Ratzenberger? But Mary looked it up and said, oh, he's not been in the last few films. So. No, he was in Onward. Was he in Onward? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. He played Fenwick the Cyclops construction worker. Okay. <laughs> he was in Coco. Huh. Uh, he was in Finding Dory. Hmm. Yeah. He, here's the thing. Ham in Toy Story. P.T. Flea in A Bug's Life. Yeah. Uh, Abominable Snowman. Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. Great role. Uh, um, uh, Moonfish in Finding Nemo. Okay. Underminer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, the Cars series, he was Mac the Truck. Of course. Who uh, 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 Mustafa the Waiter in Ratatouille. Okay. I wouldn't have gotten that in Ratatouille. one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, John in Wally, Tom the construction worker in Up, Gordon the guard in Brave, Fritz in Inside Out, Earl the Velociraptor in The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> no one remembers The Good Dinosaur. No, no. Uh, Bill, Never seen it. Bill the Crab in Finding Dory, okay. Juan Orthodontia in Coco. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's kind and of a, a bunch of Boston pizza ads. It's kind of a fun. It's kind of a fun thing that he. Yeah. You know. Bring him back. Why isn't he in Lucha? Why isn't he in Lucha? Come on. Get him, get him in there. Get him in some Lucha. Didn't fit the tone. Get out of here with that. Yeah, that's fair. Boo. So, so Dave. I, uh, went and saw, I went and saw Rhea and the Last Dragon. Yes. Well, Disney, and uh, you, s- you said you had an emotional reaction to it. Yes. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very good. Lots of good action. And uh, What's it about? It is about an imaginary world where dragons once existed. And there is some sort of a disease that comes along. And the dragons sacrifice themselves to cure cure the world of this disease. Chlamydia? <laughs> Chlamydia. <laughs> That's probably what it was. And and then there's no dragons. Oh. But there's a rumor that there is one last dragon somewhere, like, you know, still still alive but sleeping or whatever. Okay. Uh, but but then there's like this conflict that kind of separates this world. So it was once one one world and now it's all these very separate places that all have kind of names of like the of a dragon you know so there's claw and and heart and and torso not genitalia though for some reason but <laughs> and, chlamydia, yeah. and so the story kind of introduces the the you know the kind of what leads up to this the major part of the story then we kind of go into the future or into the present time from the past and then we see the story unfold of this woman or this young girl and now a woman looking for because if people are people don't die from this disease but they're turned to stone by it oh and so, you know, if she can find a cure for it, then she can bring back her father and bring back the other people of this world. And yeah, it was a good film, though. A lot of, a lot of stuff about working together and, you know, helping people and all of those sort of things are what get, get me teary-eyed. So Now, who, who did it? Was it Disney? It's Disney, yeah. It's Disney. And uh, it's kind of uh, has, a, has a, an Asian theme to it, so mostly Asian actors playing okay. roles in it. And, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it, though. And did you see this on the big screen? Or on yeah, TV? I went inside the Cottonwood Cinema in Chilliwack, which is a small family-run theater where they... But it's nice. It's less expensive than a real theater, and, and it's... They'll play, like, second-run stuff. So right. we, we missed it in the... So right now they've been playing movies that, you know, were maybe what might have been in theaters if it hadn't been all COVID-y, but, but now... So they were playing, like, News of the World, the Tom Hanks Western, and I really wanted to see that, but 
no one wanted to go with me, so I kind of put it no. off. So yeah, so that kind of got put off, and I didn't get to see it. So. And you haven't seen it yet? No, no. Okay. I, if it's still playing there, I might try and figure out a way to go, but obviously this weekend it will not happen, as I will be miles away. I think I got confused. I was confusing it with Mulan, because mm. Mulan, yeah. in the cartoon version, yeah. has a dragon. Yeah. But the Mulan, the new version, yeah. no dragon. The dragon in the new one is played by Aquafina. Yes. Yeah, not Eddie Murphy. Yes, that makes sense because <laughs> Aquafina is the Eddie Murphy of now. Is she? And apparently the Sandra Bullock of now as well, if Shang-Chi seems to be because she's driving a bus. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and doing this. Ah! <laughs> and then why it's cracking a bit. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah. Looks fine. Looks fine. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a dragon. There's another dragon. God damn it. There's a lot of dragons, eh? I saw Snake Eyes, and Snake Eyes doesn't have a dragon. Thank goodness. But it's got something that's kind of like a dragon. Oh, my gosh. But it's not a dragon. Not a dragon, though. But it's not not a dragon. Is it a hippopotamus? No, it's not. Okay. That's not a hippopotamus. I'm not going to say what it is. All right, don't. don't but do it's a, a Snake Eyes. Is it a snake? No. Oh. And here's the thing, too. Yeah. Uh, it's named Snake Eyes. Yeah. And people call him Snake. It's like Last name Eyes. His name's not Snake. Mr. And eyes. last name Eyes. <laughs> his name's not Mr. Eyes. His name's Snake Eyes. Mr. Eyes, would you please come over here? Yeah. It's like, hey, sneaky. No, doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Did we, did we need this movie? Do you feel like when you, after you saw it, you thought, well, what, thank what, goodness, I now know the backstory to the character who never takes his mask off in the movies, right? And, and who TV doesn't show. talk, but doesn't he's talk. real yappy because this apparently is before he uh, lost his voice. Or I like, thought here's, he, a, here's the thing. I th- you know I don't. Or I, I, yeah, you think like he just does it on purpose. Yeah, I would rather have a character who chooses to not speak. Yeah. Then is uh, that's more interesting. And you me. really think like, by the way, if you think like this movie is going to end with uh, him going, I'm going to take a vow of silence or that you find a reason why he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. <laughs> but it is it is, again, without spoiling uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. It is the second movie where oh, that's where they got that outfit from. Mm. Like, it's really the origin of the pants. <laughs> like, did you ever wonder where they got those pants? Well, you'll find out. What happened? Hmm. Someone gave them the pants. They just gave them to them. They didn't find them. Someone just went, do you want these pants? I'm like, yeah. And that's how they got those pants. And that's the thing. I, I, I guess I'll echo Mary's uh, summation of that movie without having seen it, which is, yeah. she just said, I'm just glad that Henry Golding's in a movie. So Sure. Yeah, I'm like, cool. That's fine. It's a Cottonwood movie. It's that, that's where I put Everyone's that movie. Everyone's charming. It's yeah. fine. But yeah. it's, it's, it's much like uh, Fast and the Furious. In that they live in a world with incredible violence and, and a huge <laughs> body count and not a single drop of blood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and not a single uh, uh, not a single bit of nudity. Like mm. so it's all real clean yeah. uh, except for all of the death. The new Yeah, isn't that weird? Is this a new Puritanism? It's okay for everyone to get killed, but not to, for us to see yeah. the actual like violence and horror of, there's, of there's that. There's a Blood Brothers scene where you take a sword and cut their hands and mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, grip their That's hands. That's fine. That's good blood. It's good blood. But it's so weird to, like, at that point, it's just like, oh, yeah, blood. <laughs> I guess they do bleed. <laughs> They're not all made of dough. And, and, and you know, the MacGuffin uh, in this uh, is in a safe that's bloodlocked. So it's just like, you know... It's uh, the safe uh, to, to, you know, to, to open the safe. I've got to cut my hand yeah. and like put some blood on it and then the safe will open. And I'm like, okay, well, that's dumb because it's not hard to get your blood. Like, right. No, like, that's, that's not like a fingerprint where, yeah. you know, you got to cut the person's hand off and bring the hand or like we've seen a million times now, the eyeball one, you got to yeah. take the eyeball out. Yeah. And there you go. 
You, so it's just blood? Yeah. So if you floss real hard, I could grab like a tissue, dab it, and I could get into this with this uh, blood of yours. I think if you're going to do something like that, you should also make it that it, has, it senses warmth. Yeah, because the way they do it is actually it's on a dried cloth. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what's that about? Yeah. Well, same with the eyeball and all that stuff. Like, if you just cut someone's eyeball out and hold it up, that seems like it's cheating. Yeah, it's got like, to it react. Should, it should be able to rea- have to react to the eyeball. So the eyeball, like the, the pupil dilates or whatever it, with the effect of the, the yeah. scanner. If I'm in any of those movies, I am in no way making it a body part activated situation. <laughs> my, my, the door will only be able to operate yeah. If, yeah. if I'm at top health. Like, I'm doing great. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I would just only react to uh, any of my belly fat. Oh, is that what yeah, you yeah. They'll have to take they'll have to take my belly fat if they want. So you got to stick your gut in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's. I think that's a good way to get uh, horrible. Once again, horribly out. killed. You're right. Horribly killed. Turn it. Use this one using I, a vacuum. It's got to be something that like I. Uh, it only opens if I'm not stressed <laughs> and if I'm in good health and if I'm on vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> there you go. Like all the good things. Those are all. Not, yeah, yeah. Oh, then they kill you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You got to do it so that they can't kill you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there you are. Anyway, Snake Eyes. Uh, safe for kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You Look, mm-hmm. are you going to go on an airplane at any point? Yeah. That's fine. It was, the and, theater was air conditioned. That's what counted. And you, though I didn't realize I was in a seat that was heated. And at one point, like, I turned on the heated seat and I'm like, Jesus, what's going on? Like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not good. That's strange. Yeah. What are the movies to feel like you're peed your pants? I'm really trying to see more movies, but boy, howdy, it's tough. Well, right now, because it feels like nothing's coming Yeah, you're just like looking and just like, hmm, okay, I'm really trying, guys. I'm really trying. Okay, I'll go see Snake Eyes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, do you want like the origin of a G.I. Joe character? Like, when was the last time there was a G.I. Joe movie? (laughs) Let's make it. Yeah, Retaliation, I guess. Yeah, I saw it in England. This was like, I think 2008. Like, this is... Weirdly, this is 14 years ago, probably. Weirdly, I enjoyed that movie. Well, I mean, here's all the G.I. Joe characters. Yeah. That's great. 10 minutes in, they're all dead. Not Lady J. Okay. My favorite character. Okay. It's great. Well, love, they have. I love the name Lady J. This is a, pre, this is a prequel, so yeah. we, do get, uh, we do get a character that's like a popular character, a female character, who is basically a Black Widow. Like, you just see her and just go, how is she not Black Widow? Is there any way she's not Black Widow? She's Black yeah. Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I really think it's a mistake when you've got your uh, your ninja character whose whole appeal is, never see their face. Yeah. Never hear their voice. Yeah. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Well, especially if you make it like they don't speak because their throat got cut or something like that. Yeah. Like, I want those sort of things. I want that to be a choice. I want that to be like, they just don't want to. You know, I was trying to think there's something else that's has a character that doesn't speak. And then, you know, they have to like make, they have to explain it in some way. And I just felt like that ruined the character. Like, Stop explaining. Yeah, stop explaining. Just, you don't need to know that stuff. Like, that's what's magical about that character yeah. is that Snake Eyes doesn't speak. Yeah. Like when I watched G.I. Joe Retaliation, I just stumbled upon it. I didn't, I never, I didn't see the first film. I, I never watched the cartoon growing up because I was a teenager by that point And I was a little above that sort of nonsense. But... I just stumbled upon this movie and I just started watching it because I didn't know what it was. And then it got actiony and I was like, oh, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Now I'm in. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this was kind of fun. I liked Snake Eyes. I liked Lady J. I liked whoever was left. I just enjoyed it. I guess, you know, I really, obviously I thought, oh, I guess there's some actors who didn't want to be in this movie and got out early. That's fine. But, you know, it's got Jonathan Lynn. Is that his name? Jonathan Lynn? Jonathan. 
Jonathan, uh, whatever his name is, he was in Brazil and stuff like that. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Price? Jonathan Price, yes, thank you, Jonathan Price. And uh, who play playing the villain, but also playing the president of the United States. Yes. This is great, it's great. They blow up he's London. Having, he's having fun. Blow up London, it's a great, great effect. Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of goofy times. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but I'm not really interested in, like, why Snake Eyes is not speaking. Like, <laughs> like it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, if you want to make a movie about Snake Eyes, just make a movie with Snake Eyes being Snake Eyes in it. Yeah. Not speaking. Being cool. Being badass. That's what I want to see. Be badass. I guess the problem with that, though, is it's hard to get a name actor to play a role where you just wear a helmet the whole time and you never get to speak. Mm. But at the same time, you should be like, man, I don't have to do a lot of stunt work in this. Then it's about people that are around that. Yeah, yeah. They're reacting yeah. and how they affect their life. Yeah. But if you really want to have a challenge as an actor, that's a character for you. Like, make that character yours. Like, that's a real, that's a big, that's a big demand, like a big ask. And you could, you could make that character, like, super cool if you wanted to. But I guess they're super cool as a side character. It's like Wolverine. When you make the Wolverine movie, it doesn't quite work because you need to have people reacting to Wolverine. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Snake Eyes works in the G.I. Joe movies because he he goes off and he does some really cool shit. And you're like, oh, man, this guy, he can jump off swords thrown into a hill. That's, that's pretty great. Yep. And then he That's, fights whatever shadow smokers, you know, smoke storm, storm shadow. Smoke, I, don't, I don't know. Smoke I don't, shaft. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. What are they? What are the villains called in in uh, Cobra? Cobra. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the head of Cobra called? Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander. Hmm. But is there a character who can change how he looks? Probably. Okay. I think that's the Jonathan Price character. So he wasn't like the commander. He was just like a there's character Death, who could change. There's Destro. He's yeah. got a metal face, and he was played by. Uh, Christopher, uh, Doctor Who, Christopher. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, uh, in the last one, and and this one I like that he's actually there in suspended animation, not in this film, but the one you're talking about. Yeah, he's in suspended animation, and the guy looks at him and he's like, "Eh, next time," and then <laughs> <laughs> just leave an accent. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who, but you know, it's just kind of fun to watch. But like in the last, in the last one, it was. The scenery. Uh, and, and again, I'm blanking on uh, all these names. A uh, guy from Third Rock from the Sun, who's also in Inception, who's also in uh, uh, Dark Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, he was uh, he was in the the first one. He was in the first one. Yeah, but he wasn't in the second one. No. He and Channing Tatum, I think, get blown up in the beginning of the first one. Oh, uh, everyone gets blown up. Yeah, except for uh, Bruce Willis, who they go and visit later. Oh my God, that was a bad part of the movie. That was the original Joe. I mean, you're the tiny little GI Joe. GI Joe. GI Joe was actually a pretty big doll. With a lot of articulation. Oh, that's right. He was a big doll, and then they became a tiny doll. Yeah, that's right. Like I, when I had him as a kid, with obviously with kung fu grip. Yep. So you could put him in a clothesline and send him out on the clothesline as he like goes across the canyon, and then oh my god, there's something happening. The line shaking. Oh, and he fell so far down. Uh, Mine came with a Buddha statue that uh, was full of jewels. Oh really? And all I knew was in every <laughs> Buddha cool. statue it was full of jewels. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, mine was like. Uh, yeah, he had like that fuzzy hair, like of a suede course. suede head. And that Did was, he have a beard? Uh, yeah, I guess sort of a okay. yeah, because you know by that point war was bad. War, war is hell. So yeah, the character had to look more less respectable. Right. And yeah, that was a great great doll. And it is whole like for whatever reason they made it so that his middle of his arm, like by where like in the middle of his bicep, it's turned there as well. Like that also articulated. Oh, nice. I don't know why. Like why does that need to articulate? I mean, it, does, it we can a little bit turn, twist there, but not all the way around in three hundred sixty degrees. I don't know what that was thinking. That's what makes him a yeah, Joe. It was fine. It was. It was I don't think uh, GI Joe done. had an enemy originally. They no, him the enemy. Later. No, the enemy of course was, was war. Russia and Russia. no, no war. 
Yeah. But that point, was, war was the enemy. Was, we we knew. Yeah. So it was the communists. War as hell, you know. Yeah. Like we were, the communists were over. Not really over, but they were kind of like, that was not where we were. Like, you know, the Vietnam War happened and people were not so so thrilled with war anymore. Okay. So so you had to make it so that war is hell, not war is great. There's no more glamour in war when I was a kid. Right. There's no uh, actual kung fu grip in real life, eh? Like, that's not a thing in kung fu in any way, shape, or form that there's a grip. I think we can safely assume that. It's very odd. Kung Fu grip. Yeah. Like they just took like what's popular. What's Kung popular? Fu. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what is uh, surprising about that? Kung Fu, Bruce Lee and all martial arts was super popular yeah. that time. So. And, then, and then what, so, so what's, what do we do that's Kung Fu? Yeah. Well, you know how we were joking around and we had his hand doing the jag off position. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's call that Kung Fu grip. What? Well, it just made it. We're not so, going to change it yeah. from the jag off position. <laughs> no, we're going to, we're going to call that Kung Fu grip. And no one's going to stop us from doing that? <laughs> no. Yeah, no one's going to no stop one's... us. Like, because it's clearly, yeah. that's what it is, right? <laughs> well, I mean, no one's going to know that. No one's going to figure that out till yeah. when? Yeah. Till I don't know, 2021. <laughs> yeah, because it's all kids. It's just kids playing with it. The kids, yeah. the kids aren't thinking about that stuff. Well, they understand what we're talking about when we say big gym. Oh, yeah, maybe, no, maybe. kids don't get subtext. Okay. We're all about text. That's okay. all we want. Fine. We just all want right. the text. All right. Don't try and baffle gab us with your subtext, sir. Okay. Sure, smarty pants later on are going to like make, make snotty comments about it, but not when you're kids. Kids are too busy playing with Kung Fu Grip, making them hang on to a clothesline. Yeah. Because that's cool and fun. When they show the Kung Fu Grip logo, yeah. he has a bar in it. Yes. He's holding a bar, yeah. but he does not have a bar when you actually have him. No, it's for holding on to the toy, like other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a jag-off. <laughs> it's not. Well, I mean, maybe, but it wasn't me. Speaking as a kid. Look at, look at it again. Speaking as a kid, that did not occur to me. Okay. Speaking as an adult. Look yeah, at of it. course, as an adult, because now you're like a sourpuss full of like a cynical old old guy. Of course, you're going to look at that and go, oh, that's just jack for jacking off. <laughs> but when you're a kid, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're in pre-jack-off, you know, known in, in uh, child psychology as pre-J-O, you don't think in, you don't look at the world that way. You are all about text. You have no sense of subtext or irony in your life. It's all surface. Okay. So if, you know you don't think that. Of course, when you're older and you're you know you're just a jaded adult, then you look at that stuff and you you snicker. Maybe it's a joyful thing. <laughs> I think I think I think there were some giggling toy makers back then. <laughs> Maybe they just had a really nice time. And sure. Then, you know, went, ha, 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 ha. They're like Disney animators putting breasts into animated cartoons and stuff. Sure. Like that. Just for just for the heck of it. No one's gonna see it. Oh, there we go. Just I was, for us. I was just looking at my uh, my old uh, Buddha. There he is, full of jewels <laughs> and GI Joe in a way too small. Was was there a cobra though, or was that uh, was that J- Big Jim who had like a cobra thing they had to fight? Wasn't that Buddhist thing? It also had like a cobra that guarded it. Mm, I'm not sure. I wonder if that's where the. I know co- Big Jim had a metal thing that you put around his. Oh muscle, yeah, that was awesome. And then he would flex. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he would like yeah. batang. Burst um, off. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about Big Jim. I'm talking about GI Joe. Wasn't there a cobra with the with the Buddha statue that acted like a? Oh, a thing that guarded it? yes, you're correct. I think that's where cobra came from. Then they just took that and they turned it into the his villainous. Yeah. Uh, arch rivals. Yeah, uh, so here's the thing. They're saying, like, uh, uh, G.I. Joe used to be less overtly military mm-hmm. and more Doc Savage style. Mm-hmm. So I, I would agree I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. but there's the Cobra. You're absolutely correct. And then there was a little uh, book and record if you wanted it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. I'm uh, going to save that image for you 
for a little <laughs> later on. Thank you. Uh, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, should I turn to our letters at, at this point? Yeah, I think it's a good time. All right. So last week on our show, uh, we asked, uh, what's a healthy meal that you, that you love? And okay. also, what's a city or country that's not your home but feels like home? Hmm. And did we get letters? We did. <laughs> if we go to our SneakyDragon.com page, uh, where we have all the episodes of our show, also message boards underneath each one, uh, we have Chris Roberts writing us, first of all. Hello, Chris. Saying, Dave's reminiscence of Stromness Shopping Week was a delightful surprise. <laughs> I've been to Orkney many times and was aware of Shopping Week, but somehow haven't yet witnessed it in person. Weird that it took a Canadian podcast to let me see what I've been missing. The Orkney it's Islands madness. are indeed beautiful and historic, mm-hmm. and some of the most important and extensive uh, Neolithic sites, yep. including uh, Maze Howe and mm-hmm. the Standing Stone Circles at Ring of Brodgar and the Ring of Stennis. Standing, the Standing Stones of Stennis, yep. Yeah, right. That sounds like something Dr. Strange would say, <laughs> among others. The, uh, the Tomb of the Eagles. There's also a major excavation going on at present, so who knows what else they'll find. Take that, Stonehenge! When we, when we were there in 2012, they had just discovered that site cool. using uh, LIDAR or whatever they do with that kind of ground radar they've been using to look under the residential schools to find the oh. similar similar uh, technology. Yeah, uh, Stromness itself is a lovely town mm-hmm. with a fantastic modernist art gallery, while the museum in Kirkwall includes artifacts and information about the island's links to Canada through the Hudson's Bay Company. Yeah, a lot of Arcadians work for the uh, Hudson's Bay Company. And our greasy beaver policy. <laughs> look it up. Uh, I'd have to guess the guy in the bathtub in the parade uh, that Dave mentioned was presenting a no doubt heartfelt and sincere tribute to Jim Morrison of the Doors. Uh, another listener, um, Jonathan Jonathan Bampton, two-time winner of our Sneaky Dragon question Thanks. answer show. Uh, he also wrote in and said, surely, a reference to Jim Morrison. And I responded, you're right. I forgot about that big dummy. Yep. When is a guy in the bath? Not a guy in the bath. When he's a door. <laughs> um, speaking of good taste, Love it. I, I don't know if you watched any of the other Shopping Week videos, but there's one featuring a float with a Brazilian theme, which is um, interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I I imagine that there's very little in the way of good taste. Is it knowledge. a tribute to waxing? I hope so. I've not seen it. Okay. I've not seen it. I have Famous to, uh, watch landing one of strips in history. I watched one that was uh, a... Um, I watched one. Oh, the one I posted, yeah, with the bad taste, which was the uh, the tractor with the child suspended as a parachute yes. jumper. And then the, the D-Day... Reenactment, and then a kid doing Nazi salutes in a Panzer tank, <laughs> yes. and then another kid doing so, you know sort of American salutes in a Sherman tank, which I, I just you know you just have to shake your head at the sort of naivete of that that level. But it was 2014. It was a different time then, it was folks. A very very Dif- different time. Oh no, it was 2019 actually. <laughs> very different time to 2019. Oh, well. We hadn't had the pandemic yet. But what um, was so amazing to me is I was showing it to someone at work, a friend at work, and his reaction was. To me, dumb, like baffling, because he was like, "Do you expect me to be impressed by this? Because I'm not. I don't know what's so great about it." I'm like, "This is like a town, like a little town," and they just made a parade. They're just like throwing their hearts into this thing, like so much enthusiasm in these floats. Like it's just my when I saw it, like I went because I was like, "Okay, we're gonna drive, we're gonna leave the house, and we're gonna drive somewhere. That sounds fun. I like traveling around." Where, where I'm visiting. That sounds great. Going with a family somewhere. This is yeah. great. So let's go see this thing. And then I'm like, looking at it. This is 2012. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, 
What am I seeing? What? Who? Who? Who has the time in their life mm -hmm. to like make these crazy floats? Like maybe they park them somewhere and they just rejigger the stuff they've already made. I don't know, but it is mind boggling. And it's just like, it's crazy. Like how much work yeah. there is in it and how much enthusiasm and how much fun they're having. It like, just reminds me of, uh, of a masquerade night at Comic Cons and whatever, but it's a town. Yeah, it's like that a, decides to do it. It's like a small group of people. Like it's not even like yeah. you know. It's just like one of those things. Like maybe because he lives in Surrey, which is a pretty big. It's a city. It's a big place. Sure. Like to him, that's just like maybe you know partly. It's not interesting because I I live in Aldergrove, which when I moved to Aldergrove had nine thousand people in it. Mm -hmm. You know now it's probably like fifteen thousand people. It's a bit. It's grown a bit. Right. But and so it's kind of lost that a little bit of that element that it had when I first moved there, which was that let's have a parade. You know, like anytime there's like an excuse, suddenly there's people marching down the street. They close down the, the main drag through the town, and everyone's marching up and down it with floats and everything else and waving to the people, and it's great. And and maybe that's lost if you live in like a big place. You know, that kind of stuff you don't really experience the same way. You know, like. Like I can maybe, you know, maybe if I didn't live in Aldergrove or if I didn't know or I didn't know exactly what the Orkney Islands are, maybe I wouldn't be as impressed by it. But, you know, you go there, it's 22,000 people. It's yeah. it's like this. But this is like a, a fraction of that small group of people making this thing. And it's just it blows me away. And I, I don't know. I, I, anyway, it, it just seems like it's so dreamlike to me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, it's it feels crazy. like something would be in a Wes Anderson. Mm. Or just like we're gonna go to the parade. The town has a parade. <laughs> the shopping week fancy dress parade. Yeah. yeah. Well, dun, 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 music playing. <laughs> it's bagpipes, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, there's music playing. Um, for meals that are healthy and delicious, if you enjoy Indian food, I do. I strongly recommend uh, Chetna uh, Makan's YouTube channel, Food with Chetna. The other night, I made spinach uh, masala chickpeas, and here it is. Thank you very much for the link. I strained and kept the liquid from the cooked spinach before making the puree and just added a little when the chickpeas were cooking, as I prefer a thicker curry. I also used Raz El Hanout, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, in place of I think it's Raz El Ghoul. Very good. Uh, the devil's head. Uh, a place of half of the garam masala, which I, I find can dominate, and I left out the ground cumin because I'm forgetful. I know, I was going like, why did you leave out the cumin? Cumin's great. <laughs> Something I found, this is me, I'm, I'm, I'm sidetracking here. Since I've been using chickpeas, uh -huh. oh boy, do people talk about the chickpea liquid. Oh my lord. <laughs> One, you can make a meringue out of it. Okay. That's like a, a vegan meringue. That's pretty good. Uh -huh. Two, yeah. you can make a vegan um, mayonnaise out of it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so there you go. Uh, of course, uh, you have to be fond of both spinach and chickpeas. I am. So maybe this dish won't float your boat. It will. <laughs> like it did for the Roberts family. I, I'm not part of the family, but I like it. However, there are lots of great recipes on this channel. Meaty ones, as well as vegetarian and vegan. All simply presented for home cooks like uh, me to follow easily. As they say in Stromness, bon appetit et bon santé. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it, Chris. Well done, letter, all the way around, and thank you for the advice. Louise writes, oh, it's not a show without Louise. It's not. It really isn't. I'm looking forward to writing in to chastise me for not getting that Shakespeare play. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's fuming. <laughs> fuming. Fuming. And I wouldn't say fuming. I just think disappointed, which is worse. Yeah. And your friend's disappointed in you. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yep. I'm not disappointed. I'm just fuming. <laughs> Fumigating. 
A healthy meal we like at our house is a salmon filet topped with onions, lemon slices, and dill in oven and oven baked in foil. We have it with rice and steamed broccoli or asparagus. That does sound very nice. Mm-hmm. And your discussion of the Little Mermaid reminded me of the ballet of the same name my dance teacher choreographed for us back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It was to the music of ELO's concept album uh, El uh, Dorado. Am I getting that right? El Dorado. Uh, yep, yeah, El Dorado. That's right. I, I had no idea at the time. I felt like there was a, uh, a flip on that a little bit. Uh, I had no idea at the time what an avant-garde pairing it was for a community-centered dance recital. I gave the music a re-listen today, and the combination still works fairly well. Both the album and the fairy tale uh, tell the story of someone on a journey to escape their reality. I think my recently separated teacher was working out some issues through the love triangle <laughs> between the mermaid, the prince, played by her new boyfriend, and the human princess uh, he marries, which she played herself. Wow. That this does was- sound a little... Uh- yeah, it does sound a little... Uh, someone's working something out there. Yep. This was before the Disney movie, and she went with the story's uh, original story's transcendental ending. Mm. I got to play two roles, the sea witch and a daughter of the air who welcomes the little mermaid to eternal life. So it was a happy ending for me, too. See, here's the thing. Nice. If I was watching that, yeah, here's what I would think. I was like, um, you get to the end, and then, you know, Louise is a daughter of the air, right? Yeah. But I'm like... Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That's the sea witch. This is a trap. <laughs> Maybe she changed her her wig. Oh, so if you if you change your wig, you're not a witch anymore. No, that's right. Oh, that's what they should have done back in the old days when they were like trying to see who's a witch and not. It's just like they take your wig off. Well, she's not a witch anymore. <laughs> which witch? I don't know the wig witch. I think no. I think that's a trap. Mm. Oh, oh, I listened to the next Malcolm Gladwell with the Little Mermaid. Even more so. Come on. <laughs> Oof. Anyway, anyone who enjoys it, though. I got it. So makes it be called her the Sandwich. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it's the Sea Witch. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, and you think, oh, this must be the last letter. Wrong. No. Uh, I was quite late in getting this in when writing for episode 501. I think you guys had started recording already. So here is my post from episode 501. We're going back a couple of times here, <laughs> uh, which wasn't read weeks back. Question of the week. Oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. We did forget to re- read that after it was received. Sorry about that. It's been very our bad. It's been very hot. <laughs> but yes, our apologies. Our brains were fried. The question at that time was, what's a repair or a household renovation that went awry? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and DIY do not mix. In fact, my wife absolutely forgives, for, forbids me to repair anything outside of my know-how. Years ago, I was simply trying to hammer a piece of molding around the base of the bathroom floor. And I hammered right to the water pipe. <laughs> Gotta be careful. Don't use too long a nail. Yeah, normally there's plates to prevent this. And I've always wondered about that first home I owned. It was full of traps like that. I also tried mm. to reinsert the pipe that was the overflow uh, from the air conditioning back into the hole in the eaves of the house. I had to do it from inside the eaves, which resulted in me getting stuck in the attic. <laughs> pinched into the tight edge over the eaves. It took me forever to get back out of the area. Uh, my first uh, wife lost her diamond from her wedding ring in the washing machine. And my dad had the brilliant idea to cover the water hose that released the water from the washer with a nylon stocking. Mm. We hoped this would trap the diamond and the water uh, would just flow through the stocking. But it resulted in flooding the laundry room and the kitchen. <laughs> and lastly, did you find the diamond? <laughs> and lastly, I had to rewire a place in the garage so I could hang a fluorescent lamp. 
As I was trying to wire the lamp on the floor inside the house, I crossed the wrong wires. There was a loud bang and I burned a hole in the carpet. <laughs> Along with these types of repairs, I've also been relieved of any complex automotive detail as well, except for a Honda I had. Uh, those cars are like Legos and the parts pop right on. Do you remember the scene in Albert Brooks defending your life or they're in Judgment City Court and they're watching a gag reel of Brooks fucking up a bunch of stuff when he was on Earth? I suspect I have a gag reel not unlike that one waiting for me with all the stuff waiting to be shown. So best of luck on your bathroom project, David. I await your tales of your success and even though er and even though everyone is glad it's not me, I am behind you 100%. Thank you, Ed. That was great. I loved, uh, yeah. loved that story. David is escaping to the lake instead. <laughs> yes, I'm taking a brief, I'm taking a weekend off from this project. Yeah. It sounds like the start of a horror movie. He's going to the cabin in the woods to avoid his bathroom troubles. I did, I did, in, I did install some recessed lighting, though, in the bathroom. Ooh. Even though I haven't had it in a while, I enjoy baking sa skinless salmon in the oven. We're really doing the salmon. This is good. Mm -hmm. In the oven, marinate with either lemon pepper or something spicy like Tabasco or tiger sauce. Hmm. Then I boil whole grain rice and eat the salmon on top of that with a little sodium-free soy sauce. Salmon has really gotten expensive, so I've been looking into some more affordable alternatives for now. Susan has been cooking more to save money, which is healthier than eating takeout food. Just tonight, Susan uh, grilled chicken, along with onions and peppers, in her massive iron skillet. And we made fajitas. Oh, that no, it does sound good. Mm -hmm. uh, even though it may sound repulsive and bland, it doesn't. Uh, but I've been known to eat dry oatmeal. Oh, you're talking about something different. Uh, I've been known to eat dry oatmeal right out of an ordinary Quaker oats cylinder box with a spoon. It's dry and dense. But for some reason, I love it. I don't even think Quakers would eat that like that. <laughs> no, not even, so, not even if they had to prove their, their obedience to God. Yeah, the box says it's good for my heart, so I eat it as an alternative to anything filled with sugar. Also, I love Cheerios. I eat mm. them dry from the box. And I was, do you think you might have rabies? <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. And I was yes, waiting. You uh, seem to be afraid of liquid, so yeah. hydrophobia is the. Uh, and I was waiting last time to see if you'd get around to my favorite flavor, chocolate and peanut butter. We did mention it because we, we mentioned did mention chocolate, it. we mentioned peanut butter, and then I said they combined the two. Uh, aside from the regular garden variety Cheerios, the chocolate and peanut butter variety has less than eight grams of sugar, if you can believe that. So that's a healthy option snack for me. I'm also going to suggest to you there's a cereal that's out there called Magic Spoon that's like no sugar uh, that uh, I was having recently and uh, quite good. And it kind of hits that Cheerios fix. And it does have a chocolate uh, flavor that's quite good. Anyway, Magic Spoon. They're not sponsoring us, though. They do sponsor a lot of podcasts. Just, uh, just not ours. Uh, my home is Chicago. It's where I was born. Even though I've grown up in uh, the Dallas area, I still consider Chicago my home. I haven't mm -hmm. visited in a while. I'll probably go home for a short visit once it's safe to travel again. I have a big family that still resides in Chicago. I miss them terribly and would love to plan a surprise visit soon. Thank you very much for that, Edward. Now That makes sense. Cause I, I feel the same way about Portland. You know, I was born there. I lived there for all of six months uh, as an infant, but I still like have this sort of weird connection to it. Uh, I'm going to go uh, back an episode because our friend Crystal has written that twice. Uh, once for the last week's episode and once for the one before. So I'm going to go back to uh, episode 2005. And Crystal wrote... 2005? Wait, no. <laughs> Damn, I was so happy I was getting to write uh, five, 502. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to read anything now because I'm, I'm just so sad. <laughs> But our friend uh, Regis had written about uh, tractors. Mm. And Crystal replies, Regis, 
I want to reassure you that it's perfectly normal to like tractors. I love this out of context. <laughs> I want to. I know more than one woman who has a John Deere themed kitchen. Completely, you know more than one. Okay, you got to say how many you know that has this. Mm-hmm. More than one woman who has a John Deere themed kitchen, complete with curtains printed with John Deere tractors and tractor salt and pepper shakers, tea towels, John Deere licensed dishware, etc. It's a nightmare. Around here, it is common to see John Deere themed living rooms, bedrooms, oh or even man caves. I know a couple who had a John Deere themed wedding with the bride wearing a sash made of John Deere fabric. And then the groom wearing a vest made of John Deere fabric. Someone in uh, in our uh, county even has a pickup truck painted up in John Deere colors with tractor decals, decals. So yeah, it's perfectly normal and acceptable to like tractors if you live in an RFD type area. Some people are just as much a fan of international tractors, though. In fact, international seems to be in competition with John Deere as to who gets the most retail space for licensed items at Tractor Supply. Mm. Nothing runs like a deer, but why farm half when you can farm all? Huh? There you go. That's a. I guess that's a farm joke. I'm I, sure I don't, it is. I don't know what farm all is, though. Well, I, I think we understand the context clues. I guess that's... We can get it. We, we get un- the joke. We understood. There's a winky face after it, so... There. Yeah, we get it. It's a joke. That There's helped. A winky face. That helped. So, uh, Regis, you might want to move there. Yeah. You might go to... RFD, Rural Free Delivery. Or just talk to Crystal and see if you can like swap homes for like maybe uh, like a month or so. <laughs> Crystal, you want to go to France? Yeah, why not? I, I'd go. Uh, Crystal writes uh, last week and says, Cue eerie music and tinted image of a mansion. <whistles> a darkness has fallen over Collinsport, bringing with it danger and indescribable nightmares. With the mysterious departure of an innocent girl, a sense of urgency and horror now permeates throughout the Sneaky Dragon community. <laughs> Is time uh, running out for the Dork Shadow segment? And will the secrets contained in an almost deserted mansion not far from Collingwood remain forever entombed in the past? Well, we're not doing Dork Shadows uh, this week. I'm sorry about that. But there we go. Sorry, Crystal. David. It still Victor- gives you a chance to catch up, though. David Victoria Winters is also my favorite character on Dark Shadows for similar reasons. Oh, great. She comes across as sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. And in television world where an Angelique-type characters run rampant, <laughs> it's almost refreshing when nice people receive representation. There are good people in the world. You just can't see or hear them for the loud shouting and attention-grabbing of the not-so-nice, I guess, and the vampires. Yeah. Uh, and werewolves. Just a pity Alexandra uh, Moltke was bored with the character. Yeah. As to the question of the week, mm. uh, I make a fantastic veggie loaf of rice, mixed vegetables, vegetable broth, diced bell peppers and onions, breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, sage, and a beaten egg to bind everything together. To cut calories and reduce the sugar content of the ketchup on top, I mix ketchup with either chunky salsa by a ratio of one to two, one part ketchup, two part salsa. Mm-hmm. I am willing to share the recipe if anyone is curious. I am. Please do. Uh, I try to limit my meat consumption for health reasons, so I have a wide repertoire of vegetarian recipes that I've invented or converted from meat recipes. Well, that sounds very cool. Yes, please. Uh, As to this sub-question of the week, I love visiting the Appalachian Mountains, whether in Virginia or in uh, Gatlingburg. uh, Just being up the mountains feels like home, probably because I live high up on the highland rim of the Nashville Basin. We have lots of hills and trees here, uh, so being here is similar to being uh, so being there is similar to being here, except the hills are a tiny bit taller. <laughs> and hope you guys have a great week. 
Same only different. That's a very important element of yeah. Of, same of only different. Is pretty good. When uh, my, my dad, we would go to vacation in New Hampshire uh, and go on the boardwalk, and I think it was because he grew up in Lancashire and yeah. laid vacation in Blackpool, and that was kind of the the most similar thing to how he grew up. And yeah. when I went to Blackpool, I was immediately like, "Oh, I get this. <laughs> this feels like where you know we vacation when I grew up." Yeah, cool. Yeah, the arcades and weird little things, and yeah. Uh, put a coin in and have coins fall out and throw a ball on a thing and yeah, very fun. Again, it was one of my fa- my favorite things. And I think I mentioned this before. They had one of those shooting ranges. Uh, there was a light gun and things would pop out and you'd have to like shoot them yeah, with a light fine. gun. And one of the things is uh, like it's a skunk that jumps out and you got to shoot the skunk, yeah. but then the skunk squirts at you, squirts water at you, and you've actually got to dodge uh, the, the skunk's uh, spray. It's oh, pretty great. That's tricky. Yeah, it's great. And I dodged it. It was like I was very proud of myself. Like, whoa! <laughs> I, just, I just saw it coming and uh, get out of the way. But a lot of people don't. So it's fun to watch them do it. That's cool. That's cool. Do you have any emails, my friend? I do have an email to read. This Please. email. This email is from Carol Franklin. Okay. And Carol writes to say, Dave, you should have prepared this earlier mm. and had this open to read this letter. Mm. Carol says, Hi. Rome is the city I feel homesick for, even though I've never lived there. As I'm adopted, I never knew my ancestry, and assumed because of my skin coloring and love of all things Italian, that that's where my roots were. A few years ago, I took one of those DNA tests and discovered that I am 90% English. Not only have I never strayed from London for too long, none of my ancestors could be bothered either. I was actually disappointed but them's the facts. Best wishes to you both, Carol. Oh, nice. And um, just on another note, Carol and I had a sort of fun interaction on on uh, a little thing that I like to call Twitter. I don't know what other people call it, but we uh, Carol wrote to tell me. Let me just find this here. Do 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 do. She said, or he said, Carol. Let me just look at. Is there a picture of you? No, there's bears. I'm gonna assume no, that. No, that could go either way. Yeah, I'm gonna right. assume. I'm gonna assume a. Carol, that you are a woman. If I am wrong, you may correct me. You also may fly here and punch me in the nose. Uh, Carol says, she says, that sneaky dragon. As someone born slash bred and still living in London, England, I found approximately 90% of this episode baffling. <laughs> still enjoyed it, though. Hope no, hope no one ever asks me why. Never change, please. And then I responded, um, what did I respond? Does it tell me the response here? Of course it doesn't. That would be too easy for Twitter. I responded, as we were running down the minutiae of a three-block area of shopping centers from our childhood, <laughs> I was thinking, this will make no sense to anyone but us. Luckily, I turned it all around at the end with a discussion of the Stromness Shopping Week Parade. And Carol wrote back to say, agreed, the shopping parade was where I joined back in. I was tweeting a fellow Arsenal supporter the other day, because it turned out we grew up in the same area, so I get the attraction of reminiscing. There you go. It's all about no context. I'm glad that you enjoy the uh, the show, despite our baffling, uh, very insider. I mean, this is really insider baseball this week, too, with all our discussion of sure. local radio stations and ridiculous things. But oh well, I guess I guess in the heat of summer, we just feel very nostalgic. And uh, we're going to read the the Nettie... uh, uh, Oh, sure. If you want to read... I'll read that. Uh, Nettie uh, Tabo writes, uh, Healthy meal. Brown rice, black beans, shredded vegan cheese, uh, uh, probably follow your heart or uh, Miyoko's brand. 
uh, vegan sour cream, salsa, guacamole, and any other toppings like jalapenos, lettuce, onions, etc. Served hot, the beans, rice, and cheese part, and layered like a seven-layer dip. Hmm. Sounds quite good. Does sound good. Yeah. I just would use real cheese, though. Would you now? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's what you'd do. That's what I do. That's not what Nettie would do. No, that is different. That's why uh, you live in a different country. <laughs> Canada, we only eat real cheese. Right, and in America, they don't have uh, you know cheese. They have only vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know why? No wonder they're so crappy. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah, you have those in your Biden burgers, eh? Yeah, throughout all the diet cokes. <laughs> Uh, that's right. And then, uh, you know, every, every one of this, uh, all your vegan cheese comes with a vaccine. They make you have it. Hmm. Yeah. That's the way it works in America now. Gave away all their rights. That's the way it went. Well, and you stop eating freedom fries. That's what's going to happen. Oh man. I miss freedom fries. Mm-hmm. You just, you just, it's like a revolution in your mouth. It is like every time, every time I ate them, I went, it's 1776 all over again. I feel like people are throwing tea baskets out of my mouth. Yeah. I, I, I put it in my mouth and I'm like, the rocket's red glare. <laughs> I feel like someone's riding a horse through my mouth mm-hmm. saying the British are here. The British are here. Are they coming? The British are coming? They're doing something. Sounds dirty. I don't <laughs> Sounds dirty. <laughs> That's the problem. They changed it. The British are here. The British are coming. A bunch of, I was trying a to bunch of adults realize what that meant. I in my mouth and everyone's invited because that's also very filthy. <laughs> and I don't want to end the show like that. Um, Got I, a question I, of the week? Yeah, I do have a question of the week, which okay. is... Uh, have you ever uh, stolen anything and did you get caught? Oh, that's a good one. We have heard my stories. Uh, how about this question? And mine. Does your town have any singular celebrations that it, that uh, you enjoy? Mm. Something like the Stromnest Shopping Week Parade. We have Aldergrove Days in Aldergrove. It's a uh, com- country fair. We have country fair type things happening and uh, they do things like judge your jam and jellies and who has the best canning who makes the best applesauce i like the idea that they would just like come into your home and look in your cupboard they do and go, like no i didn't think craft I, yeah smuckers <laughs> that's, that's exactly right i didn't make that clear they do come into the home and uh, judge your judge your jam judge your jams smuckers yeah. how dare you buy store they have a person who's dressed as a uh, judge dread who comes in mm. but with a jam themed outfit <laughs> wears a jam jar over his head and just like i am well, the jam it's, law. it's it's sounding less than likely judge dread but yes you're right yeah a jam a jam based judge themed or jam themed uniform with a jar on his head yeah totally judge dread yeah also known as jarge dread we'll work on it <laughs> if you can think of a better joke here's where you're going to send it to uh, as well as your uh, responses and what have you <laughs> If you go to SneakyDragon.com, that uh-huh. is our website, and we have all of our episodes there, not just for this show, yeah. for our other shows. Like, uh, remember the Sneaky Dragon listening party? Remember that show? Mm-hmm. They're all still up yeah, there. They're there hey, for your remember enjoyment. Completely Beatles? Remember Totally Tintin? You remember Full Marks? I don't. Remember Fansplainers? What? I uh, Remember This American Life? We've got all of them. We stole <laughs> a lot of This American Life, so we put them up there. Um, and you can listen to all those episodes, and uh, after each one... You know, uh, give us a little message and let us know what you think. Can you respond to episodes from the past? Yeah, you can. And we might even respond to those. Who knows? You know, so, uh, Some, sometimes we have our shit together. And sometimes, you know, we, uh, you know, eh, you do. Um, and uh, here's another thing. As Dave said, he's on Twitter so much. Uh, at Sneaky underscore Dragon on Twitter. Uh, so you can uh, tweet us uh, your thoughts and Dave will respond to you. And you'll get along. Just like people on Twitter always do. That's right. 
Or if you want to have that real nice uh, feeling like you're someone's mom, uh, go on uh, Facebook and uh, go to Sneaky Dragon and you can uh, right there. That's also good. Uh, Tumblr still exists and we still have an address on there, which is sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Or look, let's just cut the bullshit. You can email us if you want. <laughs> SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Thank God you got real. Yeah, let's just, you know what? Let's yeah. keep it real. Keep it real, man. Like, you know, that's what I learned from the real world uh, TV show. <laughs> sure. Uh, was sure. sometimes you talk long enough and yeah. then you're just going to get real. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm a puck character. Okay. Yeah. From Alpha Flight, not from the okay, <laughs> not from not from Midsummer Night's Dream. No, more like a, a mix of uh, Alpha Flight and Wolfgang Puck. Okay, <laughs> part chef, part yeah, part chef, part uh, little person uh, okay. who does tumbles. <laughs> okay, great, great. You know what they did with Puck in Alpha Flight? They originally had him as a little person, which is like, that's great. And then they had a thing like where he was like, I'm in constant pain. I'm like, well, that's not as good. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, what's his deal? Oh, you know, he was a regular sized person. Then he got cursed by some magic and and was shrunk down to be now he's a little person. Oh, Hmm. so this thing that a person is. Yeah. It's a curse, like literally a magical curse. Yeah. Sounds great. That's terrible. Yeah. What are you doing? They shouldn't have explained it. Don't explain it. Don't explain things. And later, uh, yeah. Puck uh, ran hell. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a story. Anyway, uh, we can talk about that on our uh, our show, Puckin' Around, where we discuss all people named Puck. We discuss, as you say, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream Puck, Wolfgang Puck. We discuss Puck from Real World. We discuss Puck from Alpha Flight. Yeah. We discuss Peter Puck. Yeah. His origins. Sure. Uh, we discuss anyone who is uh, named Puck. We discuss a bit of Pac Man because he was originally called Puck Man. Yeah. So that also counts, but that's yeah, that's called pucking around. And oh, that... so you didn't like my other title I, I was offering? What was that? Puckin' A. Puck, yeah, you know what? Puckin' A, I think it's the Canadian version. Yeah, because it's E H. Yeah, E H at the end. So the pucking around is the uh, international version. Okay. Puckin' A is the version that we do in French. All right. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Yeah. Like they like they speak in Stromness. Exactly. Exactly. Look, uh, I don't want to fight, so let's just end <laughs> this show now. Thank you so much for your kind attention and your time. I will fix this squeaky table. I promise you. Thank you for your tolerance of the tables. And thank you to my friend uh, David for being a part of this and coming all the way out from Aldergrove to Hell Kitty Studios. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, Ian. I'd just like to thank you for squeaking. This has been Squeaky Dragon. See you later. Ah, it screwed it completely up. Let's do it all again. Start all over. Bye, everyone. Fuck. Thank you.